back to Roundtable Combatives or any of your favorite new podcasts and all things martial arts. <laughs> We're going to go with that. I ain't, I ain't worried about it. All right. So uh, first off, thanks to our, our, our sponsors, ohanahosting.com. Yes, we appreciate uh, you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so today here we're with Myron. How do you pronounce your list? I don't want to mess it up. It's Myron Godet. Godet. Okay. That's what I thought, but I, I didn't want to that's mess Cajun it up. That's Cajun name. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm right there. Awesome, Myron. It's good to have you. Uh, thank, thank you, you for coming. I appreciate uh, it. <clears throat> I understand you have a, a lot, and we're talking before, you have a lot that we can discuss about. Sure. Um, let's start off with just you. Let's, a little okay. background about yourself and what you do. And Okay. And, uh, well, I, I was born and raised in New Orleans. I, um, I started martial arts when I was 10 years old, and I never stopped. Uh, I've been a police officer now for the last 28 years. Mm. So I've worked locally, and I've also worked internationally. I spent some of my police career um, overseas working for the United Nations CivPol program, which is done under the State Department here uh, for the United States. I've uh, been in a wide variety of police units. So, I mean, field training officer, academy instructor. Um, uh, patrol sergeants, uh, motors, uh, detectives. I mean, I've, I've been around the block. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, as far as martial arts, uh, Japanese jiu-jitsu is where my actual rank is. Um, but I'm mostly known as a striking coach, uh, mm -hmm. boxing, kickboxing. I've done a lot of sambo. I was a high school wrestler. But I've been in martial arts literally since as long as I can remember. It's always been a part of my life. On top of that, I love to travel. I've I think I've been now to 33 countries. Awesome. So, uh, I've awesome. been all over the world. I've seen a lot of different cultures. Um, enjoy that a lot. I live right now in Metairie with uh, my wife and my three little rescue dogs, which <laughs> I love very much. I, I'm, they're my parents. You know, I'm their parents. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and I have one son who is uh, 22, and he's in the fire academy right now. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I told him there's no way he's doing this dumb police shit. He's going <laughs> to be a fireman. So yeah. it's a, it just seems like it's been a worse and worse time after the last few years, you know, just well, to, it's to, interesting. To deal it's with. interesting that you say that. Cause I just had this conversation. Um, it, everybody believes that it's a bad time to be the police. Mm -hmm. They all, everyone will say, man, it's yeah. the worst time in the world to be the police. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I, I actually think it's the best time to be the police, even though I wouldn't recommend it to my kid because mm -hmm. I think his his attributes will be much better as a fireman. Right. But I can say this. I think it's the best time to be the police for a lot of reasons. There's so much technological change right now mm -hmm. that's going on. It, I've seen this job change and shift mm -hmm. so much in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Just the integration of technology, integration yeah. of new training. I mean, hell, just the like the integration of jujitsu into police training. Right. That's yeah. making the yeah. profession much, 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 much yeah. better. And safer. Much, yeah, yeah, it's make, making it safer. Mm. And for the longest time, administrations didn't understand that. Yeah. And I fought that battle for quite a while. And I still, to this day, fight that battle mm. about trying to make them understand why this is a good thing. Yeah. But on top of just the jujitsu or any of that, Right now is the best time to be the police because of the change. You, mm -hmm. a, a kid who comes into this profession right now is going to be, after a few years, he's going to be one of the highest trained public safety professionals mm -hmm. in history. Yeah. He's going to be a mental health expert. He's going to be, uh, I mean, he's going to understand tactics. He's going to understand everything about communication. He's going to understand how to de-escalate things better than ever before. All of this training is coming together. Now, a lot of agencies haven't 
they haven't put it together yet, mm -hmm. but all of it exists and it's starting to right. wind itself together to make this job a whole lot different right. and a whole lot better. Well, I think, so, I think yeah. in the past they didn't realize you needed to be all that. Right. You know, all right. those things. They, it was just, yeah. they, they thought of only just, you know, law enforcement <clears throat> and, and putting away bad guys, yeah. but not, not the, like they say, the, 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 uh, the psychology, the, the mental aspect of it. It's the, huge. The that, that's of, absolutely yeah. huge. When I first started policing back in the nineties, it, that wasn't at the forefront of the focus. Right. Criminality was, but now at the same time, if you see what we're dealing with now, the vast majority of has a mental health component. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand that, you're not going to go very far in this job. Right. right. And so again, whether you like that or you don't like it, it's part of the evolution of what this is all about. Mm -hmm. And by all of this stuff coming together, I think that it, it's really making it a lot more positive. Right. So again, that's my unpopular belief, mm -hmm. but I do think it's a useful belief. No, I, I totally, the way you explain it, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Like, like yeah. now, I think now, there's more training and better training that's going to be implemented, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Well, I mean, Absolutely. now you're also thinking about the fact that you got drones now and yeah. facial recognition software mm -hmm. and all that stuff where you actually can find out exactly who you're talking all to. All of that is right? coming together. Yeah. All, yeah. I've seen it all working together. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think, I think, I guess what's really meant when people say that it's, it's the image mm -hmm. by the general public right. is, mm -hmm. is the worst or, or the, the, the worst that it can be as, as far as, you know, it, how, it how depends where you are, though. I yeah, mean, yeah, it, yeah. It really absolutely. does. It, <clears throat> if you go in most suburbs, mm -hmm. the the image of the police is excellent, yeah. and I can tell you right now. I mean, I don't. I generally do not have mm -hmm. any kind of public backlash. Yeah. When I work, I, right. it's just not something I've experienced. Like I know they have in the big cities, and mm -hmm. I mean, you can. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, yeah. individuals, politics, and I'm not getting into any of that. Right. I'm just mm -hmm. saying my own personal experience. I don't have that kind of backlash. Most people support us. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's the narrative that's pushed is that mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's an agenda coming mm -hmm. from somewhere else. Yeah. Right. right. Absolutely. Right. So what you were saying uh, in your bio, you, you worked overseas. What was that program again? You were working? <clears throat> it's called CivPol. CivPol. Yeah. So, okay. um, I was working, um, as a young policeman, I think at the time I was working when I got the call, I think I was working in a gang unit. And I got a call from the State Department asking me would I be interested in going overseas to work in a contracting role for the United Nations. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, I had just gone through a divorce, and I was like, overseas? Policing? Absolutely, sign yeah. me up. So I ended up, um, in the next <clears throat> few days, I ended up on a plane to D.C., and I went through a two-week-long process of, of, like, you know, applying the psychiatric exams, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. physical exams, things like that. Passed it all, and right from there, I was overseas. I landed yeah. in in Kosovo. So okay. I was supposed to go for six months. I ended up staying three years. Right. How long ago was that? That was in the early 2000s. I was okay. there between um, 2003 and 2006. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So, yeah. So, so how'd you like the experience? I, I thrived in that experience. I yeah. loved it a lot. I actually awesome. wanted to stay overseas mm -hmm. and I wanted to continue to contract and route. Right. But what brought me back here was when Hurricane Katrina hit, mm -hmm. I, I had to come back. The, yeah. the sheriff's office was just in like this, I mean, in disarray, everything right. was in disarray. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, my family had lost a lot yeah. and I just, I couldn't stay out. I, I had to come mm -hmm. back.
Right. Unfortunately, but at the same time, sometimes you have to put other people in front of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, that's, that's, that is your, that's, that's your theme in life as an officer. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. no, absolutely. Like as, as you're, I, you're always, you're always doing. I, I consider that. myself service oriented. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah. Right. So awesome. So, uh, and you said you're in martial arts since you were 10 years old, mm -hmm. right? That's 40 and, years. 40 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I uh, love it. Right. Not, not awesome. stopping anytime soon. Yeah. I, th I think martial arts is one of those things that, that it, you know, it just grips you and you don't, you just can't get away from it. You know, it, it becomes I, your I lifestyle. It becomes you. you it, know? it does. Well, it, it's yeah. not something you do. It's part of who you are. Yes. Yeah. Right? That, that, that's exactly. a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. So the other thing too, that I see going on right now. So we've all known since the nineties, MMA and Brazilian jiu-jitsu have revolutionized the way we train. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah. there's no argument about that. Right. However, what I think that we have possibly lost is the fact that martial arts is not only about fighting or belts. It's mm -hmm. a much richer experience. Mm -hmm. Now, would I go back to the way we used to train? No, but I think we can still add the other aspects of it today. Mm -hmm. I think that if it's coached properly, it's one of the greatest tools for personal growth that you can possibly have. Mm -hmm. And you, um, so what are you talking about as, as far as, uh... I'm not trying to say spiritual, but like the whole all, all around, just not just the physical so, aspect of it, but the okay. mental. Well, you, if you want to go, if you want to call it spiritual, mm -hmm. you can call it that. If mm -hmm. you want to call it, you know, you're accessing something higher, you can yeah. call it that. But I'm going to put it like this. When you train for real, and when I say for real, when you actually do stuff against resistive people mm -hmm. and you're applying real techniques right. under stressful conditions, you start to realize that you are more than just the sum total of your physical parts. Mm -hmm. You realize that most of the things that really matter are not necessarily the objective things. They're the subjective things that you can't really measure, like grit, okay? Mm -hmm. Like drive, mm -hmm. like passion. You can't, you can't put those things in a wheelbarrow yeah. and measure them, right? However, you gain those <laughs> things through years and years and years of diligent practice. Right. You don't gain those things right away. And that's one reason why it's a very good thing that the path to black belt should be as long as it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. And these people who get these black belts, these fly by night. I mean, I think that's horrendous. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's terrible because for you to become something like a black belt, that requires way more than just fighting. Right. That requires commitment. That requires service to everyone in your gym. That requires teamwork, community. It requires you to go out on a limb and coach people. Mm -hmm. It requires you to do so much. And at the same time, you can't do that in a short amount of time. Right. It's an, it's an added thing that, that adds up and it becomes exponentially more powerful. Well, I think it's the struggle. Mm -hmm. is, is what develops yes. develops you as the person. Yes, you know, absolutely. If, if anything, anything, not even just martial arts, but anything handed to you, you don't appreciate it more. No, you don't. You know, definitely so it's, not. It's definitely. I think not. I think you you put more merit into it. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy to me is that, like, even though we have come so far in training, there's still so many wannabes, and there's still so many people who mm -hmm. are so full of crap yeah. that are successful, and it just boggles my mind how mm -hmm. that still happens. Well, I have a theory. Well, it's not really a theory. I guess it's common knowledge, but it's social media. Social media has just made it so easy for anybody and everybody mm -hmm. to to put forth an opinion or training method or, or, or whatever. And right. you don't know who they are, but people yeah. buy it. 
because people, yeah, people yeah. buy anything. You well, know? they want to believe. It's yeah. kind of it's mm-hmm. like the X-Files things. I want to believe. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like that. I want to believe that I can knock somebody out without touching them. I want yeah. to believe <laughs> that I can, you know, get a black belt with little effort. You yeah. know, I want yeah. to believe that there's effortless power. You know, right. the thing is, it's all pressure testable. Yeah. It's easy to get in there. It's like, all right, 100%. well, then look, Absolutely. you and I, we're going to go now and we're going to see if your belief matches reality. Right. I, I, I'm going to say this. I did not have a long competitive history. I did uh-huh. compete a little bit in my early years, but it wasn't part of my overall mission. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was mm-hmm. more on the law enforcement side and I was applying my martial arts for that yeah. particular aim. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you this, that I would love to go to some of these places and pressure test these people. Because, yeah. and again, I am not going to sit here and tell you, okay, okay, <laughs> we have a ghost, yeah, <laughs> but it's out of the frame. <laughs> yeah, right. well, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I, you know, am as successful as a competitor mm-hmm. as all of our great Louisiana MMA athletes. No, I'm not, mm-hmm. but I can box a little bit, I can kickbox yeah. a little yeah. bit, and I'm not, I'm not too bad grappling either. So I can tell you that I would love to go to places like that and just like pressure test stuff like that. Right. And because it, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. it really is. Well, I mean, you could tell the difference between somebody that maybe they're not a competitor, but they are somebody that's trained a while. Yeah. Versus all of a sudden right. you're going with somebody that's saying that they are this and they're, they're that. And then mm-hmm. when you grapple with them and you notice, dude, you acting like a white belt that just walked in two months later. Right. So You can't fake it. You, yeah, you, you can't. cannot. The match don't lie. That's what I'm about match. They don't lie. You can't fake it. No. Uh, you, can't, you can't fake boxing. <laughs> you can't fake kickboxing right. and you can't fake jujitsu. It's, it's just wrestling too. I mean, you can take it all. I mean, I'll, these kids that are high school wrestlers, I mean, you could take a mediocre high school wrestler and put them against some of these frauds and they're going to yeah. just wipe the floor with, mm-hmm. you know, and it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So I'm talking about grit. Wrestlers are grit because mm-hmm. the whole practice, you're just constantly moving. There's right. no right. sitting on top of somebody wrestling or resting. You're just, right. you're trying to pin them the whole time. It's mm-hmm. a struggle. It's a fight. Mm-hmm. And that's why wrestlers grow up to be successful people. Right. I, I'll say this. It's probably an unpopular opinion. Another unpopular opinion. I think that it's easier to take a wrestler and teach him jujitsu than a jujitsu guy and teach him wrestling. Well, that's actually oh, yeah. very popular. Yeah, I mean, Darren's told it, us that so many times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's also true with boxing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier to be a boxer who kicks than a mm-hmm. kickboxer. I think mm-hmm. if you do that, I think if your boxing is really sharp, your kickboxing will be really sharp. Yeah, right. I mean, the punches uh, set up the kicks. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, no, mm-hmm. no. But I've, I've had people di- uh, disagree with that. I really yeah. have. And I'm yeah. like, okay, well, it's just in my experience, that's what I've seen. Right, right. Yeah, well, people have opinions mm-hmm. whenever they form or they train a certain way. Right. They just want to believe it that, that way. Theirs is the best. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it's subjective. And, and, it, could, yeah, and it, it could be for it them. It could be for them. It could be for exactly. them. It could be for them. They could be a right. master at what they do. Mm-hmm. It just mean, it, you know. Yeah. yeah. There's now, truth in everything. I, I'm going to also, I'll, I'll add this to this part of the conversation. We talked about, like, things that are a little bit higher, like spiritual kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That even though I do believe there's a lot of frauds out there that try to say that that's what they do. Mm -hmm. The thing is that there are martial arts that that are more oriented towards that, but Mm -hmm. they're not fighting arts. Yeah. And a lot of people really, especially, especially in America, Mm -hmm. we look at something and we try to view it through the lens of our culture. And it doesn't always work like that. A perfect, perfect example is Aikido. Okay, Mm -hmm. Aikido is not about fighting. I mm-hmm. tell people that all the time, but it doesn't mean it's useless to study. It's, but right. it's not about fighting. Okay. 
when you look at Aikido and you see how it works, mm -hmm. this was something that was designed by an old man who was essentially a mystic who had studied martial arts all of his life. He understood mm -hmm. the he understood the history of Budo in Japan, and he understood how violent and crazy it was. Yeah. But he also lived at a time where <laughs> things were changing drastically. And Japan was trying to move out of that warlike place. Mm -hmm. What he tried to do was take things like the moves, the connection to Shinto and Zen, and like the ritualistic part of the martial arts combined with the mobility and flexibility and mm -hmm. flow. And he understood like, so he tried to create something that replicated the mindset of a warrior, but without the necessarily with the violence. Without the violence. Right. It's not a fight. Mm -hmm. And everybody looks at it and thinks, well, that doesn't work in a fight. Well, no, it doesn't work. In a fight. It's not supposed mm -hmm. to. It never was. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so you know? essentially it's more uh, a gold, um, it, gold through meditative. It's a, it's movement. a meditative, it's a meditative, meditative it's, it's a moving meditation that mm -hmm. is basically what you might call living Zen. It's the yeah. epitome of yin and yang when you understand yeah. it and you see how a good aikido demonstration goes mm -hmm. but again you have to take that out of the context of fighting yeah and I'll, I'll, here's another good example if you are an older person and you can move at a high level in aikido your quality of life will be quite good okay mm -hmm. you may not be getting smashed on the mat in bjj or beat up in boxing or whatever right. but if you can move like that your quality of life will be much greater than Better the average than person. Right. So it's not useless to study something like that. But you have to also understand that that's what you're doing. You can't yeah, try to right. call that something it's not. Right, right. Right. And I think that that's a good uh, another you know it's another art that's a lot like that? Capoeira. Mm -hmm. Capoeira has so many attributes that are valuable for fighting and fitness and coordination yeah. and balance and all of that. Cardio. Yeah, cardio. <laughs> but it's not fighting. No. Right? It it it's a it's a basically a demonstration that's come together and it, it, it has skills that are relevant to fighting, but it's not fighting. Right. Right. Yeah. And I seen a video the other day, there were no, it was two Capoeira fightings and that guy did that spinning kick and all and knocked the person straight out. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. there are elements in it. Like yeah. there's elements in Aikido that are valuable in combat, but yeah. you can't look at Aikido as it's practiced and put it in the same category as combat. Yeah, I'm right. pretty sure yeah. in Aikido, they still use uh, sushi principles off balance. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, to so. totally. I mean, so yeah, it's it, what I, I just try to always tell people to put those kind of arts in the right perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and and in my, my take is just like pretty much thing is in fitness, there's no such, I mean, there's no really bad, it's just good, better, and best. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it's relative to the person. Any too. movement's going to be good. Absolutely. You know? Right. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> I mean, if you're somebody who's getting older and you want to, and you want to maintain your flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Tai Chi, Aikido yeah. is probably a really good option. Right. Yeah, right. I, I'll tell you this, when I, I visited China in the early 2000s, I spent about a month in China. And I can tell you that you would see in the parks in the morning, thousand people doing Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Yeah. And I can tell you what, none of those people were overweight. They were all very mobile, mm -hmm. all flexible, and a lot of them were training it well into their late 70s. Yeah, right. And I mean, so how do you argue with that? I mean, yeah. it's so in that perspective, if you understand it for what it is, mm -hmm. knock your lights out. Well, and I then mean, not only the physical, but I guarantee mm -hmm. you they're more at peace mentally. Oh, <laughs> you know? well, very yeah. much. Well, you see, see, that's another thing, too, is that the longer you study this stuff, you, there's, some, there's a little shift that happens. Mm -hmm. And for me, it happened, it happened a while back, but I realized it's real easy to hurt people. Mm -hmm. 
but it's not as easy to help people heal and yourself right. included. Yeah. And if you, if you view your training through the lens of self perfection, mm -hmm. it becomes, it, it, it's a more profound thing on a longer timeline rather mm -hmm. than just hurting somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to hurt somebody. It to mm -hmm. an arm bar, punch somebody in the head, do something yeah. like that. Those are really, really rudimentary things. But if you understand the martial arts culturally and what they should be doing, they should be helping us heal rather than helping us hurt. We don't mm -hmm. need any more violence or confrontation. Mm -hmm. What we need is something that brings us together and makes us stronger as people. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you view it in that perspective, martial arts gets a lot more powerful. Yeah, I mean, you'll see, especially people, once they get closer to retirement age, you're trying to do something to take stress off of you. Right. Because right. our bodies, especially as police officers and stuff like that, or even martial artists and fighters and stuff, the constant amount of stress you're constantly putting yourself into, mm -hmm. and then you get to the point to where you retire, and then a lot of people sit down. Yeah. Well, when you sit down, that's when your body starts shutting down and dying. That's correct. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just like he was talking about with the constant movement, like mm -hmm. Tai Chi, moving around, flexibility, mm -hmm. stretching, mm -hmm. just getting your body used to maybe not putting as much stress on it, but still getting up still, and moving. So, not just sitting down and he, shutting here's down. A, here's a good way to think about that, what you're talking about. So your body affects your mind and your mm -hmm. mind affects your body in ways that we don't fully understand yet. Like the, the how profound of a concept that is, we're really, I think they're just like neuroscience and psychology. They're just starting to, to kind of grasp a little bit of this mm -hmm. about how your mind affects your body and how your body affects your mind. And what the bridge is, is breathing. Okay. Mm. So if you understand controlled, regular rhythmic breathing, and you can do that in a crisis situation, mm -hmm. you're going to find that you can make a lot better <clears throat> decisions mm -hmm. right. because your body becomes more relaxed. Lots of things happen inside where the panic goes away. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. And that's a perfect example of body and mind working together with yeah. breathing as the bridge. Yeah. But I always tell people, they ask me to give them an example of how body and mind work together. I say, well, your mind can affect your body. And I said, imagine mm -hmm. this. If I put you on a eight inch balance board and it's six inches above the ground, you could walk yeah. that all day long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the second we put that 40 feet in the air, yeah. it requires the same it. physical skill, uh -huh. but what's right. the difference? Mm -hmm. It's your perception. Yeah. Your mind can literally shut you down if Absolutely. you don't know how to work with that. Absolutely. And so in the world of martial arts, understanding the right mindset when you apply things in the real world is everything. That's so linked. And then later <laughs> on in life, that movement, that flow, the ease of your mobility, mm -hmm. that affects your mind. Mm -hmm. Your physical flow affects your, your, as far as like things like Alzheimer's and uh, all yeah. kinds of, you know, cognitive diseases that you get as you get older. Mm -hmm. If you're physically moving around still and you're really training, you're not going to have those issues it, mm -hmm. or you'll have them a lot less yeah. Yeah. than other people would because right. your body and your mind work together. Now on the mind side, if you're not meditating, you mm -hmm. should be. Mm -hmm. You absolutely should. I am a daily meditator and I have been for 30 years. And I can tell you that it's, it's so strong of, mm -hmm. for what it does for you and the, mm -hmm. the, the clarity that it brings you. It makes your training better. It makes your work life better. It teaches you to balance your life better. And the best thing I can tell you about it is the clarity. It just gives you a certain kind of clarity that you don't have mm -hmm. unless, you're do unless you're doing it. Right. There's a lot of research on it right now. So what do you do for 
you say you meditation every day. What do, mm-hmm. what do you do for, med- for meditating? Okay, so meditating. usually what I practice is what's called Zazen meditation, which mm-hmm. is the meditation that's most directly connected to the Japanese martial arts. Okay. And you do it in basically a kneeling position that's called Seiza, which mm-hmm. you've probably seen in Judo or mm-hmm. Aikido or Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. I mean, you do it in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. as well. Basically, you're kneeling posture. Yeah. And what you do is you align your spine, you tuck your chin, and you bring your hands together in a mm-hmm. little circle like this, and you lay yeah. it in your lap. The posture affects the mindset. When you have the posture and you concentrate on holding the posture, it will make the mindset come, right? Because body affects mind, mind affects Mm -hmm. body. When the mindset comes and now you're affecting your body, it's like this, this, this loop, right? Yeah. And when you understand that and you're maintaining the body posture and you're maintaining the, uh, the mind, what happens is all the extraneous thoughts, all the things that bounce around in your head, they start to clear. Mm -hmm. A really good analogy is a snow globe. If I take a snow globe and I shake it up and I see all the little pieces of snow, mm-hmm. that's yeah. usually what your mind is like every day. You got thoughts going all over yeah. the place. And when you first start meditating, you're going to have that. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit down and you can be like, man, I'm wasting my time. I'm sitting here, man. I, I got to go to the bathroom. I, I got to go and run errands. I got to go and do this for work. That's all normal. Let it happen. Let it flow. Let, mm-hmm. let that just go. And what happens yeah. is don't fight it. It makes it just worse, like the snow globe. When you set it down, mm-hmm. it all settles. settles. And what do you get? You get clarity. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's, it works exactly like that. You just have to put the time in. Right. And so that's kind of what I do. If I can only do it for five minutes, I'm doing it for five minutes. Yeah. If I can do it for an hour, I'll do it for an hour. Right. It just kind of depends on the flow of the, of the day. But the, the main thing is you're doing it mm-hmm. right. It's kind of like jujitsu. If you're not doing it, I mean, you're not gonna get better at it. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, I'd rather train for five minutes in jujitsu every day than not train. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. I'll say we're talking about uh, mind clarity and how the body, um, the mind affects the body. One thing I'm always teaching with the students whenever we're doing uh, choke defenses, especially mm-hmm. stuff like guillotines, mm-hmm. one of the most common things people do whenever you get one on them is start panicking. They panic. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you panic, yeah. your heart rate's going to pick totally. up at that point. Yep. Once your heart rate picks up, you get tunnel vision. Change reaction. You're yeah. going to start losing your fine motor skills, then your gross motor skills go. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, because you Full panicked, panic attack. <laughs> you may have practiced the way to get out of it a thousand times, but you panicked. Get it. You forgot mm-hmm. it. It's not going to work. But if you just sit there and like remain calm, it's like, all right, look, I've been here before. They got right. this choke on me. I can work my way out of it. And it's because you don't panic. Yeah. I have a theory on tunnel vision and auditory exclusion. And I think that we put them in a category that they're bad. Uh-huh. And I actually think that they're good if you understand them. Well, I mean, the yeah, journal if, 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 if it's focused well, right. Well, right. Here's, here's, what, here's what my theory is about mm-hmm. it. Now, in the case that you're talking about, when it causes panic, it's yeah. absolutely bad. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. But a lot of times the panic is comes because they're not understanding what's happening. Right? Yeah. Now, the thing I think about tunnel vision is tunnel vision is not a physical thing. It's not like something that happens in your eyes. It's something that happens in your mind. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true with auditory exclusion. Mm-hmm. I like to call auditory exclusion selective hearing. Yeah. All right. So here's a good example about auditory exclusion. If you're on a police scene and it's chaotic and crazy, you train, you've trained yourself, if you're a veteran cop, to hear the radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A fighter... It could hear there's a crowd, it's screaming, all that, everybody's yelling and hollering while the fight's going on. Mm-hmm. They hear their corner. Yeah. It's selective here. That's a good trait. <clears throat> now, the thing about tunnel vision is this. In the natural world, I believe that peripheral vision is actually faster than direct vision. Direct vision. Mm-hmm. And I think that what tunnel vision is, it brings your peripheral vision in mm-hmm. so that you can perceive things a whole lot faster. It's not about being fast. It's about seeing fast. 
Yeah. Okay. Right. And that's something that I was told um, by man years ago in martial arts. It's not about being fast. It's about seeing fast. Yeah. And if in tunnel vision does that when it comes together, mm -hmm. brings that peripheral vision in. Mm -hmm. And if you know how to leverage that, the same thing with the selective here, and it becomes part of your martial art. Yeah. That's right? so. So that's that's one of the main things in our knife fighting is you know our our direct vision is is the knife. Mm -hmm. We don't want to lose track of the knife. Mm -hmm. But everything is peripheral. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's absolutely. how we that's how we judge where we're moving, right. what else might be coming into play, or if they have mm -hmm. two knives, you know, it just it's that is a big part of mm -hmm. of what we practice to not get cut. No, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, the thing about knife fighting, and I, I don't even like to use the term knife fight because mm -hmm. if you if you're in a knife fight, something has gone very wrong. Co okay? Completely wrong. It, yeah. Very wrong. Or you're doing something really stupid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um I had an encounter with a knife. I want to, it, it had to be like 2010 and it was really nasty. Um, I was on duty and I was working and um, there was a guy that was trying to break into a car. Mm -hmm. He was trying to smash the window with a cinder block. Anyway, myself and a security guard confronted him mm -hmm. and he pulled a knife on me mm -hmm. and I was too close. I really shouldn't have been as close as I was. However, with a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, a little bit of grace, and somebody must have been watching over me. I was able to defend that attack yeah. to get him to the ground. I was I basically I utilized a Japanese jujitsu thing. Mm -hmm. Now, could I do it again? I have no idea. Right. I, I all I know is for three days after I was shaken because yeah. the adrenaline that happened. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it was some brilliant looking beautiful thing right. like out of a movie. I, man, no. I was able to get a hold of that wrist mm -hmm. and I was able to forcefully twist and bend that wrist and get him directed to the right. ground where I got the knife away from. And I think so, that's where yeah. some people mess up with their training is they think that, you know, I'm going to defend this every time. No, look, absolutely, yeah, yeah, this absolutely way. Right. But a lot of times no. luck has a lot to do with it. Luck had a lot to do with it. And, and the fact that, again, the fact that I was seeing fast and not being mm -hmm. fast was that made a lot that, that made yeah. a big difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the same time, I, I didn't get hurt, but man, I, I, I tell you, I, I look back on that sometimes and, mm -hmm. and I try to explain it to people like that couldn't have gone the same way all the time. Right. right. Like you said, there's almost yeah. no way I train with knives too. I train mm -hmm. with sticks and knives. Yeah. I do all that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I realize that you, it's not like you can't use the word always and you can't word, use yeah. the word never. Cause right. Yeah. Things are not always going to happen. You're dealing with yeah. another human being. That's you unpredictable. Are, it, there's mm -hmm. an unpredictable asset to it. The other thing too, was this guy had a lot of intent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he wasn't like what you might call a trained knife fighter, yeah. right? And I mean, what is that anyway? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he had the intent to pull that knife out and try to stab mm -hmm. a uniformed policeman. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And at the same, sometimes that's the worst. Uh, yeah, just, no, just the intent, yeah. exactly. I mean, just it, the intent. you know, it was it was ugly. It, mm -hmm. it really was. And I'm thankful and I'm grateful that I'm here from mm -hmm. it because I could yeah. have got really hurt from it. Mm -hmm. But again, it's um, I guess just the right conditions came together for me, right? In that. Yeah. That's why a lot of people in martial arts, they're actually training to fight somebody else in their martial art. Right. Yeah. What about this untrained person that's not doing what you expect, expect them to, to do? do okay. Right. Okay. Here's my, here's my thoughts on that. So uh -huh. whenever I teach self-defense and I do yeah. that a lot, I teach self-defense workshops Yeah. and I often get people, you know, I mean, I'm in this community. I mean, I'm in the boxing, kickboxing, MMA. I mean, you always mm -hmm. see me referee. And so I am constantly surrounded by combat athletes. Yeah. But I can tell you that whenever I teach self-defense, there's one thing that I focus on. And I tell them this, if you and I are boxing or you and I are doing jujitsu, mm -hmm. we have the same goal. Yeah. Okay. 
And that drastically changes the setup where let's say you get a young lady and somebody's trying to drag her into a van. Mm -hmm. Her goal is going to be really different. And so what does it mean to win? Like in jujitsu, we know what it means to win. You tap out or you win on points, the same thing in MMA. I mean, you know, you you Mm -hmm. might get judged the winner or you might knock them out or submit them. But the rules of winning, like the the winning is very clarified. Mm -hmm. But in the real world, if you get into some kind of situation, you have to really open up your mind to understand what winning might entail. Yeah. Yeah. Because the goal is very different. Mm -hmm. Winning might mean getting away. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, winning might be getting the person in handcuffs. Winning might be, you know, having to kill the person. I mean, I hate yeah. to say that, yeah. but it just depends on what you're dealing with. Right. But in the self-defense world, if you go at it with that in mind first, that the goal is different, your training will change. Yeah. yeah. And you can engineer scenarios based on that. Right, right, right. Yeah. So there, there, I remember it was online. I can't remember where, what group it was, but someone posed the question, do you think, uh, how did they pose it? <clears throat> sport training uh, helps self-defense or self-defense helps sport training? And it was a big discussion. To read everybody's going I, I'll on. tell you this. They're symbiotic. Mm-hmm. They're, they're symbiotic. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. You should be training in combat sports. Like yeah. If you are a martial artist, mm-hmm. you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, mm-hmm. wrestling, or kickboxing. You, mm-hmm. you are doing yourself a disservice. However... That doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that your combat sport is going to protect you in the real world. I've seen black belts get knocked out. I mean, well, one thing that we started implementing over at Cyclone with the new fundamental Mm -hmm. program that we have, Mm -hmm. right? Anything I'm doing, I want to see does this work if somebody's attempting to punch me at the same time? Sure. Because a lot of times in sport, we'll have our hands protecting certain places mm-hmm. because again, punch is not even a possibility. It's not even a possibility. Where on right. the street, it's always going to be that possibility. So yep. now where do I want to put my hands at? And it's going to change things a little bit. Well, I've seen it in MMA, referee mm-hmm. in MMA. I see people who have a high jujitsu pedigree mm-hmm. and they're predicted to do very well in MMA. And then guess what? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden the wake up call, mm-hmm. got punched in the face and now things are not the same. Right. But well, that goes back with uh, Timely versus, uh, who was that? He used to be a member of the uh, Dan Hurt Death Squad. Oh, uh, Gary Tonin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Gary Tonin yeah, went for yeah. the, uh, the heel hook yeah. and Tonley just punched him in the face. Right, exactly. And it's funny that he won with that last night. <laughs> but so, so here's, here's another take on that. Like, self-defense also has to be distilled down to the simplest possible concept. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of somebody. If you come to me and say, I've never trained before, I'm an adult, and I want to learn self-defense, Mm-hmm. The first thing I'm going to teach you is basic bare knuckle boxing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it doesn't mean that as you get better at that, we can expand on that knowledge. Yeah. But in the real world, <laughs> if you understand that the goal may be different, you can take right. some those, you can take a couple of skills. If you understand how to block a punch and how to throw mm-hmm. a jab and a cross, and you mm-hmm. know how to do it, when to do it, and you have the balls to do it, yeah. that'll get you out of a lot yeah. of trouble. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you understand how the law applies and when you're justified to do it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to do, you know, some spinning X guard into some crazy (laughs) triangle to understand Mm self-defense. Now, I'm not saying those things are are useless to train in. No, they're fun. We love Mm -hmm. to do those stuff, those Mm -hmm. things. But I mean, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen a jump spinning kick used in, you know, in some kind of, yeah, in a a real. Yeah. And I don't think my body wants to do that anymore at 43 years old. So, right. I mean, yeah. Well, that's what I was getting at is, is I believe 
-hmm. training regardless like i said good better best so any training is good right mm -hmm. uh but if you're if you're only sport training mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're going to survive absolutely the attack. Yeah. no you know? that that's totally true it's, it's well the other thing too is just look at it like this you know competition you're relatively equally matched right yeah yeah, I mean your weight class. Your yeah, you can walk level. out of here and can have somebody confront you that's completely different yeah. body size yeah. and whatever. And if you think that doesn't matter, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it does matter. <clears throat> right. I mean, it's true that skill can overcome size. That yeah. is true. But at the same time, if you don't understand how to train for that because you've never traded up training partners, I mm -hmm. mean, right. you need to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then also sport doesn't prepare or not necessarily always most sport doesn't prepare you for the weapon somebody's having a weapon yeah, yeah. That, that's and, a drastic difference i'm, I'm gonna say this too that's a really really difficult topic and the mm. thing is because there are people that have tried like if you look at things like dog brothers and you mm. look at some of these piquiti organizations mm. that that get rubber knives and basically yeah. it looks like mma while they're stabbing each other 50 yeah, times yeah, yeah, yeah i don't agree <clears throat> i think that <clears throat> is actually harmful it's it's it, it, so that's my my the organization i'm with he he thinks that's ridiculous you know yeah most i'd say 90 percent of the marsh the fma you see online uh -huh. It's ridiculous because uh, yeah. one one you're not going to trade knife. Stabs. No, you're going to trade usually the first ones. Be <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> but but you watch it and it looks like it looks like MMA with rubber knives. Right. It's, it's that's it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's not how that would play out in the mm -hmm. real world. I mean, I think uh, you sent the video in here. Somebody did. It was a uh, a guy. He I don't know if he was trying to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but all of a sudden he got stabbed in the stomach and he ended I, up bleeding out. I think out I sent dying. one. Yeah, maybe. I, I, it was a guy. Try to it was a street fight and the guy tried to take him down. Yeah, that was it. Just stabbed him. So I, I'm gonna say this about out. like the 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 FMA. Like, I believe that the methods that if you see how they train in the Philippines, mm -hmm. they don't think like that. Yeah, they they think in terms of very very meticulous mm -hmm. training, where everything they're th they're not thinking like a tournament. They're not thinking right. oh I want they, and they don't think in terms of I'm gonna pressure test this like a you know a contest. Mm -hmm. They're thinking that I could die. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why they're so meticulous with the way that they train. Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, I think mm -hmm. you might notice when you see, and this is not only Filipino instructors, but like certain Japanese instructors mm -hmm. and, you know, Chinese instructors, the presence that they bring to the table is something that is very practiced. Mm -hmm. And the presence in the real world when they confront somebody is a huge part of that kind of confrontation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that carries with it a lot of things. So, Again, we talked at the beginning. You can't fake this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? You can't fake. You can't fake that presence either. Yeah, right. Yeah. This absolutely. goes back to. Let's take this back a notch and go back to law enforcement training, and I'm going to show you how it relates. There's a big push all over the place. Oh, we have to train police officers in de-escalation. We have to train them in de-escalation. They have to learn how to de-escalate people. Correct. But you know what? Verbal de-escalation without the ability to physically to do, do it, it if you mm -hmm. have to yeah. is fake. Mm -hmm. And people sense that. Right. Okay. Um, one thing. So as being an instructor right now, uh -huh. whatever we're having a problem with, whenever we're doing simulations with our recruits and stuff like that, you'll see them get to the point because most of the class they have at the very beginning is de-escalation this, community service this, mm -hmm. community policing this, mm -hmm. and all that. And then you'll see, sir, sir, ma'am, ma'am. And then whenever you get on the streets, you'll see the whole thing trying to de-escalate, de-escalate, yep. de-escalate. Well, it comes to a certain point where you actually need to go hands-on in right. order to de-escalate, right. but they're afraid to, they, don't, they mm -hmm. don't have the ability to or the confidence to, 
and they actually try to de-escalate themselves. And what happens is they reverse the situation escalated because they could have went hands on beforehand, right, correct? Right. Bring yes. them down, yes. get them in cuffs. But yet, now all of a sudden, we're in a lethal threat. Well, they didn't know when it was right. necessary yeah. to actually get physical. Well, physical restraint yeah. is a part of the escalation, and, yeah. and I think yeah. that that's being lost in a lot of the rhetoric that's going around right yeah. now. And but take that back to what I'm talking about to things in the real world, like these old school instructors that project that that presence. It, you can't fake that, mm -hmm. you know, like look at some of these people, like some of these guys in the Philippines and look at somebody like these older Japanese instructors, look at their posture, look at their, their poise, mm -hmm. look at their purpose, the way right. that they address people. It, 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 that's a real part of mm -hmm. this. And when you train the right way, you can deescalate things a lot easier because yeah. you don't have to fight. Like mm -hmm. the, it was, I mean, Sun Tzu said it best. He said the highest skill in the martial arts is not having to fight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he understood that. So there, the, the, the communication, the de-escalation, those things come along with practical mm -hmm. training. But a mm -hmm. lot of that gets overlooked now mm -hmm. because they think that, oh, training in martial arts is going to make them more violent. No, it's mm -hmm. going to make them less violent. Yes. Right. A hundred percent. So one thing I could say is I've, my use of forces went down when I started taking Brazilian mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu and I actually started getting confident because sure. that confidence comes out. Like right. you're talking about projection. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm working... Whenever, if I'm just slouched down and well, I'm a timid, yeah. the other person's going to be like, oh, well, I can mess this person over. Right, okay. right, Versus right. now I'm standing more upright, I'm more posture. I'm like, all right, yeah, you think that's what's going to happen? And I'm, yeah. I'm just more confident about myself. Okay. So and that person, that, they don't want to test you now. Here's a good example. What's We always say it in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We say it in, all, in every martial art. The mm -hmm. most dangerous thing in the world is a... Confident person. White belt. White, white belt. Yeah, well, yeah, because okay. they don't know what they're doing. They're spastic. A white, belt, very dangerous a white belt. belt is the most dangerous thing in the gym. And you know what? A white belt policeman is the most dangerous thing on the street mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's the person that is going to be more likely to use or misuse mm -hmm. a tool on their belt or force right. because they yeah. don't have the confidence. They don't have the wherewithal. They don't, they, they don't understand how not to panic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these unjustified things that you might see around the country mm -hmm. and actually around the world are a direct result of that. Yeah, is like it, you can take it right back to a white belt is the most dangerous thing there. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, as a yeah. white belt, what do you think? Oh, I got to put more force into this. Uh, exactly. Right so, away. And, and right that's away. the last mm -hmm. thing you need. To exactly. Do, right. You know, right. So, I mean, that's definitely that goes into what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's like every everybody who's done jujitsu for however long went through that same path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know? We're all that that first day, the first weeks or whatever, we're all exhausted, can't breathe. Yeah, sucking wind, uh, and that's yeah. after like twenty seconds <laughs> yeah. over an eight minute round. Right, yeah. right. And now, now you don't even you don't even you don't even breathe really. So Rennie and I, we came up together. We were both white belts together, and mm -hmm. like at practice, you'd see after we're going with each other, like our front of our heads are just flat because we're just mashing into each other the whole right. time and not knowing anything else other than hey, I'm gonna apply force. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. right. I don't have any techniques, so I'm gonna apply force. And you know what overcomes force? More force. <laughs> yeah, so, <true. laughs> muscle. That's uh, right. right. More muscle. Well, the cool thing about that's one thing about that difference Japanese jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. It differentiates it from Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is all about the, it's about the engagement. Mm -hmm. Japanese jiu-jitsu is actually about disengagement. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you understand <clears throat> what the history of Japanese jiu-jitsu is, it was basically developed if you became disarmed or broke a weapon. Mm -hmm. But they understood that the first thing that you needed to do is arm yourself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're right, not trying yeah. to fight unarmed. The whole yes. purpose was to rearm yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So you had to disengage from an armed opponent to go and get to a safe spot to arm yourself. 
Yeah. And so when you train in Japanese jujitsu, you'll see a lot of the footwork that's involved. It's all about disengagement. Right. Right. And that goes back to what does it take to win if we understand what win means. Mm -hmm. So it changes. And so I like to tell people who do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you should also study Japanese jiu-jitsu. That way you can have a more complete picture of what it might be to have a real confrontation if you yeah. do have to disengage. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I th you know what I think is, is uh, the culture of, of Brazilian jiu-jitsu is is it gets somewhat toxic in some people that they don't want to do anything else. You know, uh, that's the best. Yeah, that's, yeah. It. that's it. You know, you know what? that's happened as long as I've been in martial arts. I saw that happen with the Korean arts too. Mm -hmm. That yeah. happened in the eighties. Well, yeah, yeah. like well, any that's popular. Again. Anything yeah. that, that's, again. Yeah, it, it, that's, it, that's it, the one. And I hate to see that. I really do. The, yeah. the politics and silliness and right. the fighting, mm -hmm. that's so useless. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> why are they yeah. doing that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, you, you got to bring it back to what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that if you got these organizations fighting with each other and everybody, yeah. I mean, man, that one of the worst things that could have ever happened to martial arts is that it became what I call a strip mall commodity. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because in the real world, that's not what it is. It's far more valuable than that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but if it's treated like a strip mall commodity, that's how you get a lot of that infighting. Yeah. yeah, and that silliness, and I, I, I really do not pay attention to that. Yeah, I when try. it's franchised out, and it's, it's man, <laughs> yeah. No, now I'll, I'll tell you, it's possible to make a good living as a martial arts instructor. Mm -hmm. I believe that fully because I am a living embodiment of that right now. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I have no shortage of private lessons. I have no shortage mm -hmm. of workshops. I have no shortage of group classes. You can make a very good living without participating in all of that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, it, it's again, it's just politics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I've seen that happen with the Filipino stuff, too. I mean, oh, it's bad. It's, it's, it's all bad with I mean, the Filipino it's stuff. Crazy. It, it, it really what's, what I like about my instructor, he just backs away from it all. Mm -hmm. Let's let everybody else talk and right. do whatever. And, and he, right. just, he just focuses on himself, his organization and mm -hmm. teaching the authentic version of what I, he was in, taught. In Filipino martial arts, I very much consider myself a student. I'm mm -hmm. in no way an instructor. Mm -hmm. um, I do train in Filipino martial arts, but I do it on the side of what yeah. I coach. And I, because I always, I always like to be doing something that I'm not good at to be, to, oh, yeah. to elevate myself. So yeah. I'm very much a student in mm -hmm. Filipino, but I see it on the internet. I see mm -hmm. the infighting and silly politics mm -hmm. and all that, but, but I see it with the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as well. Yeah, it, it's yeah. everywhere. So it, yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's one thing I will have to say, though, based on the later 90s and then coming forward now, is you used to see a lot of people saying, well, this is a jiu-jitsu fighter, this is a boxer, mm -hmm. this is a kickboxer. But now you're starting to see more people label themselves as a mixed martial artist. Yeah. yeah I'm, yeah. I'm going to try. I know I got a good ground game, but mm -hmm. what about my stand-up game now? Mm -hmm. I need to make that a little bit more solid. Or mm -hmm. I need to work over here. I need to work on my wrestling. I need to work on my takedown skills because in a street fight, I'm not just going to be able to sit on my butt. Right. So I think you're going to see an evolution even in the future further of mm -hmm. where you're going to have. I think you're going to start to see a like you're saying, more people are going to identify that way is less of any kind of single style. Yeah. But I also think that what we were talking about before, once it's more inserted like that, that higher aspect, that spiritual aspect, when you put those things together, you're going to see a, a, a martial art that's more powerful than anything we've ever really had. Yeah. Because I think that if you look at 
the different places of knowledge today and how they can be shared quickly. I think the evolution is there to create something that's more than we've ever had before. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think that um, I like to be, I love to spearhead the fact that that spiritual aspect is, is needs to be inserted into martial arts. And I think that by taking our physical tactics and coaching it well and seeing how it, how these students end up, I mean, think about it like this, the commitment that it takes to get a black belt versus the commitment that it takes to get a college degree, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If I'm interviewing somebody and that person tells me that they got a degree in basket weaving or whatever <laughs> philosophy or whatever, yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I got another kid sitting across from me mm-hmm. that says, you know what? I'm a black belt in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitzu yeah. or judo or whatever. I mean, yeah, you know, pick at, legitimate, at least 10 years, right a there. legitimate accredited martial art, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm going to be like, well, who's committed? Yeah, who's no, committed I know that this kid is going to be, right. he's, I know he's going to have critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. I know that he's going to be very committed. I understand. I know that he's going to know his own limitations. There's problem solving. He can problem solve. And I don't deal with stress. That, <laughs> deal with stress. And I don't know that about the college kid. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, and now I do agree that maybe there's somebody with both of those qualifications. Yeah. Right. All the right. better. Not yeah. It, it's not that, not that we're putting, when we say this, it's not that we're putting down college no. or college no. students. No. But this is, we know for a fact, if you're that far in martial arts, right. you've, yeah. you've achieved some kind of struggle, right. some kind of commitment. You didn't quit. You know, you no. didn't quit. The you resiliency know. that it provides. I, right. I, I like to tell people this, and I get, well, I get some hate when I say this. Martial <laughs> arts does what a lot of religions claim to do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. If your training space is sacred space, okay, and you start to understand that this makes me believe in myself more. It makes me stronger. It gives me more grit. It makes me more resilient. It allows me to understand a higher power because I am more than the the sum total of my parts. Mm -hmm. It starts to sound a whole lot like a religion. And then when you start to really see what you can do and how it elevates you over other people about it does. I mean, whether we want to admit it or not, it gives us a certain power over regular people. Right. Mm -hmm. And it puts us in a different category Mm -hmm. because once you're trained, you can't go back. Yeah. And when you look at regular people that can't, I mean, just think about the first time you walked into a jujitsu gym and you were a white belt and you just got smashed. I mean, you just got this or a boxing gym. I mean, you just get smashed and you're like, man. And then you start to be that person and understand like you're now you are a rung above. Yeah. So again, it starts to sound like a religion. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is a religion, but I'm going to tell you that it, well, uh, it shares a lot of the same characteristics. Right. Well, I think it's semantics really. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause yeah. You, the practice of what you're doing and what you're becoming is free, you know, on par right. with a religion. It's just you don't call it a religion. No. I mean, well, you, and you could well, some call, people I mean, call it a religion. I'll tell you what, I would, I would argue if you go to like go to China and look at Shaolin. Yeah, yeah tell yeah, me yeah, that's yeah. not a religion. Yeah, that, that's a hundred. Well, that that's religion. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. but again, what is it? It's through the modality of martial arts. Okay, those guys do things that, and I saw them because I saw them in person do it. Mm-hmm. I mean. I saw people in their 70s and 80s doing things that people here in their 20s and 30s can't do. Right. Right. And most of that was calisthenic style things like like push-ups and squats and like lifting mm-hmm. weights and uh, doing, you know, stretching and mobility and stuff. But they're constantly active and well, they always train and they do spar and right. things like that. So, again, it, it, but it all is put together in a spiritual context. Well, and the overall, their quality of life is better. Yeah, you know, definitely. Than yeah. somebody who doesn't do any of that. Correct. You know? Yeah. That's, I think that's the goal. I mean, that's what should be the goal of everybody is mm-hmm. to have a good quality of life. 
Well, I mean, sure, that's going to come from martial arts and diet probably as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More yeah. Well, here we go back to mind affects body, body affects mind. Yeah. yeah. When you feed your body correctly, your mind works better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there's lots of research on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, what you put in, it's just like a computer, garbage in, garbage out. Right. Same thing. You put in good stuff, you're going to get, you're going to get good results. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. um, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a wife that, that cooks all the time and cooks very well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, believe me, I feel that. I yeah. do. And I don't take it for granted one bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, like, it all, it all works synergistic, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I say we had uh, Macy Bro on the show the other day and mm-hmm. as nutritionists, he was talking about mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's, if you, that's another problem with, with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. If you see these guys who all they eat is McDonald's and all they eat is this trash and stuff, I promise you that those are the same guys that are more likely to make bad decisions. I mean, right. think about that. It all sort of falls together. It all comes yeah. together in that lifestyle. Right? Right. Or the ones that, that are not, and they're not probably not training. Right. Extra. Yeah. Right. I mean, because right. when you're training or you're eating good, you want to do both. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. It makes you want to say, hey, I can't eat that because I'm, I'm doing all this for nothing. I, I'll yeah. go so far as to mm-hmm. tell you that a cop that doesn't do martial arts is like an engineer that doesn't do math. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like that is part of what makes you the professional that you right. are. Yeah. And you should, you, you really should put that in the category. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think you need to be like a super duper black belt? No. no, but I think you have to have a rudimentary right training in something that consistent legit, training, consistent, regiment. legitimate. Yeah. And yeah, not training. just martial arts, but what about cops that don't like, I know a bunch that don't even exercise. Right. Yeah, that's, exactly. I mean, that's exactly now what's happening to you. I, I your agree. body's running down. Now your mind's running. You're always mm-hmm. tired. It's hard to work. And then you got the stress of the job on yeah. you. Mm-hmm. It just does a number on the body and the mind. Right. Right. Um, they have a really good book that I, I recommend to police rookies and it's called, um, the upside of stress. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's written by a person named Kelly McGonigal. If you look it up on the internet, it's actually a pretty, it's a life changing book if you read it. and it talks about what stress is, how to, and how to get good at it. Mm-hmm. And it, it uses stress as a growth process. Yeah. And, but it, but again, you have to put it in the right context. Like you're talking about, if the rest of your lifestyle is crap, mm-hmm. that you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Right. But if you put stress in the proper place and understand it and understand how to leverage it to grow from it, it mm-hmm. changes everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's truth. Stress is a good mm-hmm. thing. The yeah. right stress. That, right. You know? Absolutely. It's a great motivator. Yeah. It's all about how you frame it. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, think about people who have been shaped by traumatic events and one might go completely the other way and the other right. one might have grown from it uh, tremendously. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I don't know that there's actually a way to predict who's going to be affected in what mm-hmm. way, but at the same time, I have seen it work both ways yeah. where a traumatic event makes somebody a whole lot stronger. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know? Well, that, that goes back to the whole thing of, being being resilient of going right. through martial arts right. you know mm-hmm. the, the more struggle you you go through mm-hmm. the more you can handle yeah, yeah the more you can handle them now the better this, person you i don't become. i do not mean to imply in any way shape or form that somebody who's been through a trauma that has not benefited from it is yeah. any less of a person no, no. yeah yeah no, of course I, I'm, but i'm saying that i think that that needs to be said too mm-hmm. it's like yeah. i'm not saying oh well you know you this happened to you you should use it to go stronger no right. i mean we don't that depends on the individual and right. it depends on what happened to them. Yeah. But again, we as martial artists, if we truly understand martial arts, we could use our martial art as a vehicle to assist that person. Yeah. I really believe that. Absolutely. I, I do. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I used to think 
being healthy, working out was the was the answer, and it's still part of the answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still part of the answer, and I still do it. Uh, but I, you know, martial arts to me is is really the center, you know, that mm-hmm. holds it. It should you know. be. And I'll, the one thing I'll add to that: uh, read a lot. Yeah, read and write a lot. You, mm-hmm. the more you do that, the more your mind will open up, and the more you mm-hmm. start to see things in an alternate way, yeah. and you're going to learn more. Mm-hmm. Musashi said, if you ever read the book of five rings, right? He mm-hmm. said, if you know the way you see it and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it, by taking your martial arts as a core practice of your life. And like I said, if it comes, mm-hmm. if it becomes like a spiritual discipline, it's going to radiate out into other parts of your life. And so when you start to read other things, you'll make those connections. Yeah. And it really becomes part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and your presence will become much more powerful. Right. right? Presence, posture, poise, right purpose all mm-hmm. of those things equal personal power yeah i think add to that is life experiences mm-hmm. and i don't just mean experiencing different things but uh i guess i do mean experiencing like finding things to experience to expand your 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 mind your 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 horizons you know right. uh, like traveling culture you know learning different mm-hmm. cultures learning different things I think all that helps you be a better person. Oh, it's like it, it does. It does. Yeah. It, it, it's it's it the sh- non-reading version of it free, strengthens yeah. your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing about travel is that when you travel a lot, especially out of the states, you realize that yeah. this isn't the only show in town. Right. Yeah. And as as patriotic as I am, and I am definitely a diehard American, mm-hmm. I can tell you this: I enjoyed living overseas, and yeah. when I retire, I will live overseas again. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I dislike this country. It just right. means that my experiences have been opened up by living and right. traveling abroad. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I, I choose to put myself in those situations because I believe I grow from. Them. Yeah, growth. I, I do. That, that's. I guess that's really the word I'm looking for. Your personal growth mm-hmm. through experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. martial arts is a perfect vehicle for that because mm-hmm. you can do jujitsu and you could show up in any country in the world and show up at the dojo. And, yeah. and you know what? You're going to get welcomed. You train. Yeah. Yeah. You are. And so it it literally is a gateway into all those other experiences. Yeah, I mean, I've tried. I've trained in many places all over the place, and that's that's true in boxing gyms. It's true in anything, mm-hmm. any kind of martial art. Usually, if you show up and you say, "Hey, I'm a martial artist I'm, from yeah. wherever," they go, "Oh, come on in." Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a common. It, it brings people together. And it, it does. It's a relation it, of, yes. of what what it is. You it does. Have to make I think something we, in common. I think we need more of that. I oh, really yeah. do. I think that a lot of a lot of gyms think locally when they should be thinking regionally mm-hmm. right like a good example is louisiana in mma everybody knows that louisiana has produced some of the best mma athletes mm-hmm. congratulations ton <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i mean louisiana has produced some of the best mma athletes ever okay yeah. but i believe that could have happened sooner if we would have thought regionally rather than just local yeah, I really believe because Louisiana, you have to compare it. Everybody talks about California, this California, yeah. man, I ain't worried about California. We, mm-hmm. like I said, what we have here between Lafayette and yeah. New Orleans is just profound of, mm-hmm. of the quality of training. Right. Yeah. But if we think more regionally, we're going to produce a lot more people. like that, Right. For sure. And I think that's not only true in the combat sports, but I think that could be true for martial arts in, in, in general, general, like, yeah. like we're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing. Uh, so Ronan, we have have a few guys come over from Ronan. Mm-hmm. They'll train to the gym, and then yep. we'll go over there. I've done open right. mats with them before and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and it's just fun because again, yeah, they are another gym, and mm-hmm. maybe we do have some of the same geographical regions that we might pull from. Right. 
But I mean, just that friendly culture of, hey, look, this is something that we know, this stuff y'all know. Let's grow both both gems from that knowledge. A hundred percent. Like I went over to uh, West Bank Social Club the other day, even uh-huh. though that's part of the NOLA ecosystem that I'm in. Yeah. And I taught a, a seminar on angles, right? Mm-hmm. Footwork and angles. And I mean, I'm happy to share that. I told Larry at Ronan, I said, I'll do the same thing. Yeah. And I, I'll be grateful to do that. Mm-hmm. So I came up with a system that's, uh, it's a little bit more organized to teach angles and, and footwork. Oh, mm-hmm. And so uh, it's based on an eight directional flow. And when mm-hmm. you understand it, it, it does, it's not as complicated as it sounds when you see it in person, mm-hmm. but uh, they, they loved it over at West Bank. I mean, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to start spreading that to different gyms. Okay. So, so it's like uh, footwork for striking and stuff, for, but it, it, it applies to grappling too. Okay. Yeah. It also applies to uh, weapons. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Firearms yeah. also knives, sticks, yeah. anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. But what it teaches you to do is it, it basically itemizes your footwork to where you can practice in such a way while you're striking and moving at right. the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you think about like firearms training, you can shoot then move, but it's better to shoot and, and move. move. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Well, the same thing is true in striking. Mm-hmm. If you are striking and moving and yeah. you're doing it from a position of balance and the right angles and positioning, right. you're going to be a step ahead all the time. Like, Absolutely. Great example mm-hmm. is, is, is Lomachenko. Right. Mm-hmm. When you see the way he moves, uh, Dominic Cruz did that too. I yeah. Mean, when you see it, but if you are constantly moving, mm-hmm. you're hard to hit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So by by understanding that you're not just a big target and that you can shoot and move at the same time, mm-hmm. it changes a lot of things. And right. I found it to be mm-hmm. pretty successful. Also, me being older, I still spar a lot, and I've applied it, and it's kept me safe against younger, stronger people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm not trying to set the world on fire and I'm not going to win any events mm-hmm. anytime soon. But I think that over the course of my experience, I think it's pretty valid if you see it in action and you'd be yeah. like, OK, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can have to train together because that's mm-hmm. a lot of the, what you're saying is a lot of the philosophies of, of what we do is, you know, that that's the big thing. It's footwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. In fact, in, <laughs> majority of most of the. Filipino martial arts in the Philippines, you didn't, you didn't grab a stick until you were, you know, a few years in of footwork. Right. You know, there was, right. yeah. there was no weapon. Well, I mean, you, you have just to have had your to base. Dance, you you know? have to have your base. You just had to you move. You know? the, the other thing about the Philippines, very much like, like Japan, you would be fighting in a lot of different terrain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so your footwork would have to be, have to be really <laughs> solid to understand. I mean, if you look at Japan, Japan could be mountains. Japan yeah. could be. Coastal, I mean, there's a lot. And the same thing is true with the Philippines. I mm-hmm. mean, you have, you got jungles, you have beaches, you have, I mean, so if you're, if your stability isn't there, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would think that has to be almost the first thing you have. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, right. And, and, and with, when with the blade, you know, mm-hmm. one inch is life or death. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't rewind. And, right. You know, it's not like, you know, the dog brothers point. No. Yeah. <laughs> Losing your balance at the wrong time. Yeah. 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 yeah that the, the, the dog brothers or any, anything where they're just trading hits is, is, I guess, you know, it has its appeal to people who, who want to feel macho and, you know, that I think it's, it's, it's not really started out at the same time as MMA mm-hmm. and it started out with good intentions. Yeah. I really believe that. I think it started out that we can apply the pressure testing principle of weapons to what we're doing, mm-hmm. like to, to the way they were doing yeah. this with unarmed fighting. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it translates the same way Mm-mm. because 
I guess it has to do with the physics of the weapons and it has to do with just the, the fact that weapons hurt you really bad. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's, but it's just not the same thing to yeah, take absolutely. a rubber stick or a rubber knife because you're, you're not going to perceive the same threat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the problem we had with the Himmel community for a while. Historical yeah, European martial arts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as far that. as, uh, I mean, yeah, I, got, I might even be using the actual metal weapon, mm -hmm. but it's blunted. I know if I get hit with it, I'm not going to die. Right. Whereas if I'm in a real life scenario with that same weapon, right. and it's a sharp weapon. Right. Now I might yeah. die. So I'm not going to take the same mm -hmm. risk I'm going to take. Uh, I'm no. going to try and maybe play more on the outside and it, stay away from it, them. It, it will change everything. Yeah. So it's almost impossible to take something that can kill you and try to put it in the same context right. as you doing grappling or boxing. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times can you get hit in boxing? I mean, all day yeah. long. But the thing is, if you put a knife in, then it's, the whole thing's different. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't pressure test it in the same way. Mm -hmm. Even though I've seen these people making tons of money on seminars <laughs> about trying to pressure test knives. I mean, I guess you can do it sort of, but I know that when I faced a real knife, like mm -hmm. I, the, I was not thinking in terms of we're going to spar. <laughs> right. It's not right. The same right. thing. Yeah. And it's just the mindset changes. What makes it worse mm -hmm. is a lot of these guys, they'll full gear up. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So that gives them false confidence. That, totally. That, that, oh, you know, I can take this chance and they get hit. And then, right. then, then when that happens in real life, mm -hmm. you need to take that chance and get hit and get your arm chopped off. Yeah. Get, yeah. You know, whatever happens, right. you know, that's, that's, it's, 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 it's kind of, uh, it's scary to think you know, so, and that's not the authentic right. way of, of they train in, in, in the Philippines. You know, we, so our organization, we don't use, we don't use like headgear and stuff mm -hmm. like that. We right. may put gloves on just, just yeah, in case uh, something right, like that right, happens. Right. But uh, for the most part, there's no mm -hmm. contact. When we spar, mm -hmm. we, we, you, you, you strive to achieve the ability to know you got the strike, mm -hmm. but you don't take it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think a, a way to think about that is I'm a, I'm a pull some experiences from I've seen in like um, penitentiaries. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of prisoners that will attack somebody in, in jail, they don't have a lot of formal training. But mm -hmm. you know what they do have? They have intent. Yeah. And intent makes a giant difference when you're talking about <clears throat> when you're talking about weapons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you can somehow encapsulate the way to train intent to go mm -hmm. back to that presence that we're talking about, that's more realistic than rubber knives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. When you understand that, um, again, I've seen people killed, murdered, whatever, and with intent, mm -hmm. intent carries so much weight to mm -hmm. it when it comes to weapons. I mean, right. whenever you watch, think, think of things like, uh, <clears throat> not kendo, but kenjutsu. When you look at the way they do things with swords or mm -hmm. yaido, the way they do things with swords, everything is about intent. Yeah, everything is slowly calculated and it's all intent. It's all about it's about to explode and bang, it explodes. It's intent. And it's all about that first strike. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you understand it like that, I think that's extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. So going back to what you know, how do you put that together in bladed or, you know, sticks or even guns? I think that's probably a better route mm -hmm. that you can then combine with your combat sports training to make something that's a lot more practical right yeah fear fear does a lot yeah, <laughs> yes. you know it's a mean, great motivator like, yeah right somebody you know when you're about to step onto the wrestling mat or you're going to step in you know into a tournament you know you're leaving there. yeah mm -hmm. right right yeah 
Mm -hmm. but if you're about to kick a door and serve a high risk warrant, there's a chance you're not coming home. Right. Right. You know, or somebody pulls that knife on you in a place where that's unexpected and you're not ready for Mm -hmm. it. And there it is. And now you have to deal with it. The chance that you might not go home is, is up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, fear changes everything. Mm-hmm. Well, like and that circles back to around when you when you say every cop should know martial some kind of martial right. arts. Yeah. I mean, because right. they're they're not playing for a sport when no. they when they do no. an encounter. That's their life. You know. <laughs> so here's what here's how I, th- I like to frame fear, and I tell people this, and not all fear is created equal, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I f- I find there's a kind of there's sort of a hack for mm-hmm. fear, and this is what I think it is, fear gives you the same physical symptoms as excitement. Mm -hmm. And if you can port those feelings and train yourself to interpret them as excitement, Mm -hmm. you'll act in a much more clear way. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So if the shit hits the fan and you start to realize I'm excited rather than I'm, I'm afraid it changes. It Mm -hmm. it shifts your mindset. And not necessarily meaning, I'm happy, excited. No, you know, <laughs> right. I'm aroused. Yeah, right? yeah. There's an arousal right. aspect to mm-hmm. it. And when you understand that in that it's how you interpret it, yeah. then mm-hmm. it changes the outcome to how you're going to react. Yeah. I mean, that's what so, your body does. Right. When it, yeah. when it, right. It, well, I mean, I was, look, I work security. Um, I run the detail at a haunted house. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the month, I had a, a kid. He didn't want to go in the haunted house. He said he was afraid. He was like 10 years old. And I, his parents were like, come on, we paid for this. You want to go? Come on, we want to go. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. So I, I, I stood next to him and I told him, I said, man, I said, I don't think you're afraid. He goes, I'm afraid. I said, I think you're excited. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me and I said, I'm seeing a boy that's excited. I said, you look like you can do this. I understand that you might be feeling something that feels like fear, but you mm-hmm. know, because you're watching all these kids come out of here yeah. and you know that these are just people in masks. Mm-hmm. That's not real fear. I said, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I want you to get with your mom and go through that haunted house. And he did. And he had fun, mm-hmm. right? So whether that worked or not, I don't know, but I can tell you, I've actually used that <clears throat> same yeah. frame with police rookies. I've used that same frame teaching women self-defense. Mm-hmm. I've used it in lots of places. I've used it in my own life. Yeah. When I went to motors training, a lot of people don't realize that police motor training, that's the hardest police school you'll ever go to. Mm-hmm. And it involves fear. It involves chaos. It involves falling. It involves like uncertainty. Like mm-hmm. there's everything you can possibly imagine. And the course is designed like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But the second you make that switch and realize I'm more excited than anything else and yeah. I'm not going to quit, you turn a corner. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you start riding differently. Yeah. And again, I've been able to apply that across the board to a lot of things. And I, I think that's a direct martial arts related lesson. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think all these heightened emotions yeah. very, have a thin line of what they are, you know. That's why when you mm-hmm. see people super excited, they cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, why, why, why are you crying? Cry. Yeah. No, but it's a happy cry. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, emotion, you know? emotion is energy in motion. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it is. If you understand your internal energy, you can shift it around. And the, right. how you, and the way you do that, now this gets a little bit deeper into teaching, but the way that you can channel emotions is by understanding how to use your imagination. Yeah. All yeah. of these people that talk about internal martial arts, oh, I'm doing Qigong, I'm doing these internal things and moving energy around and all that. You know what that really is? Mm. That is a directed, disciplined use of their imagination. Yeah. 
And you know what? That's valid. Mm -hmm. Internal energy in martial arts, people will argue with me and say, oh, it's some kind of weird mystical chi energy. I don't, I don't, I think it is your imagination. And I think that by using your, I think your imagination is stronger than anybody knows. And that's mm -hmm. what we were talking yeah. about before body and mind working together. I mean, you can prove that by understanding the placebo effect. Yeah. That's a really, that's a real scientific mm -hmm. concept. And when you understand that you can give somebody an inert pill and a lot right. of times they even know it's an inert pill mm -hmm. and it still makes them better. It still makes them better. That's the power of the mind over the body. Well, the thing about this internal energy stuff, if you look at it, in the different cultures that do internal work, you're going to see that all of it has to do with directed visualization, directed imagination, things mm -hmm. that are practiced. It's not stuff that they just do on the fly. It's stuff that yeah. they actually mm -hmm. do practice. But that's how you guide the energies in your body, the emotions in your body is by detailed, disciplined use of your imagination. Right. So you can shift and frame things. That goes back to the meditation. That, I was about right? to say, it does. That, that's all related to the meditation. It, 100%. Yeah. You know what else this was called in other cultures? Well, actually, more in the West than in the East. It was called magic, right? Yeah. If you look at what the concept of spiritual magic, like Wicca, like, like Wicca um, you know, Golden Dawn style magic and things like that, in the, that's all new compared to stuff in the East. Mm -hmm. In in the West, those are like things that you do, whereas in the East, they're built into the way you live. Right. Right. So the, the mindset changes everything. Mm -hmm. So your mind is the most important, most powerful thing along the way. And that that is that that affects everything you do, whether it's martial arts or how you relate to people. Mm -hmm. Right. And by, by I know that's going off on a tangent, but I think it's really valid to understand it in the context of what it is that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I could take that same lesson and apply it to police work. I could take it and apply it to self-defense. I could take it and apply it to personal empowerment. I mean, mm -hmm. it's all about how you're thinking about it right. and how you frame it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can guide those emotions, right? So yeah. I hope that makes sense. And I know that was kind of a tangent. And no, 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 yeah, no. It makes sense. Tangents are welcomed on this show. Yeah. But a ramp, I mean, I know it sound, might have sounded rambling, but I mean, it, it is what it, it, it has. Mm -hmm. It's definitely been my experience. Right. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think part of the reason that the, the East, because mm -hmm. uh, it's the older civilization, you know, yeah. it's older. So they've, <clears throat> they've already, where they've already done this, done that, mm -hmm. and it, it just keeps, you know, moving. Well, you go back to India. Mm -hmm. India is one of the oldest places organized martial arts ever existed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. a lot of people don't, don't know that. that. Yeah. They think it's right. China and it's mm -hmm. not. India yeah. was way before China. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what comes out of India? Think about mm -hmm. the disciplines that come out of India. Yeah. Yoga, meditation, right. like <laughs> Kundalini, like these, these different things that are all esoteric and stuff that work their way into Eastern martial arts. Mm -hmm. But they came that way via India. India, the Silk Road, yeah. basically, I guess you could say would right. be a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. I, I may be historically inaccurate by saying that, but the sharing information in mm -hmm. the East that came over to the West, and now we're just getting right. bits and pieces. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We're still yeah adolescent compared mm -hmm. to to what they were. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And but it's I think it's worthy of study. I mm -hmm. really do. Now I'm not going to sit here and tell you that when I use that word magic, I'm not talking about. Like, oh, I can do some kind of wizard Gandalf stuff. But no, that's yeah. that's not. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But what I can tell you is that by understanding and directing my imagination and my visualization, mm -hmm. I can change the way I feel. Yeah. And that can change the way I see myself and it can change the way I present myself to others and therefore change the way others see me. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So if that's not power, I don't know what is, right? right? And the martial arts are a vehicle for that. That goes back to what we were talking about. You can't fake it, mm -hmm. right? Right. Because it, it creates that mindset. What is this guy's name? I can't remember, but he he's um, going back to breathing, mm -hmm. all that, using your mind to control mm -hmm. everything. You're, You're probably talking about Wim Hof. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. He's all he's doing is a, a Tibetan form of breathing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, it's Tibetan called form. Tumo, is what mm -hmm. it actually is called. And he, I know he, he's he's doing that most. I don't think he's doing it exactly, but in Tibet, it's said that the people who do that can can dry freezing blankets that are wet. Right. Never seen it with my own eyes, so I right. can't say that for <laughs> sure. But I can tell you that breathing can do some mm. interesting things, it, crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're gonna have to out. test it on the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in ice dips. I've definitely, <laughs> so I can say that. I've been in some cold environments. I know that mm. when I lived in Europe, I was uh, lived in, in, man, we would get regularly minus 20. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've dealt with some cold weather. But I don't know that I would sit naked and try to dry a, a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I meditate every day. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, luckily, Rennie doesn't mind being naked. So we'll be yeah. right, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, what uh so what, what would you rather the the heat or the cold as far as i like the cold yeah, thank I'm, you I'm, I'm, much, I'm, I'm so much yeah. better in the cold no. uh yeah <laughs> when it's hot you can take off all your clothes and it's still hot right when it's cold <laughs> you can dress to comfort the way I usually I mean, put it is you're only allowed to take off so much clothes yeah, legally. Right. legally. Right. And then at that point, you can still only take off so much because you're wearing the rest. This is where you're at. I mean, yeah. this past, but you can always put on more clothes. Yeah. yeah. So you I, I you tell me this past summer when the heat index was like 118 degrees that you didn't yeah. wish for 40 degree wet. Right. I mean, there were some people lying on social media, though, saying, oh, I still wouldn't want to be cold. Oh, like, man. Bull I crap. I, I, look, you say what you want. I know how I feel. I, I perform very well. You know, temperate, cool. Yes, place. my body less information. Uh -huh. Information. I feel so much better yeah. in school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in South Louisiana, so I mean, I can mm. deal with the heat, but I would prefer not to do that. <laughs> I'm undecided. Like, I like, I rather yeah. winter or uh -huh. fall and winter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, but living. In places where it's sub zero, mm -hmm. I don't think. I well, I don't know that. about sub zero now. Uh, I mean, uh, just that, just, be a just like so where it's wait. If I gotta wake up and shovel my driveway and scrape the ice off my windshield, yeah. uh, I don't. Want so to do this that. whole summer <laughs> when we were around 115, I was looking because again, you know, I want to retire in Eastern yeah. Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So the highest elevated uh, See, that's population fine. there is that. Mountain City, that, yeah. and while we were in the 115s, they were at like 78 degrees. Yeah. So See, that's nice. At the same time, I had to go referee up in Idaho for ISKA. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And um, I went up to um, Pocatello, Idaho. And at night, it was like 68 degrees. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. There was no humidity. During yeah. the day, it was like 75. Oh, that's like, beautiful. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm looking for my retirement. I'm, I'm heavily looking at Wyoming, Montana, mm -hmm. that that's kind nice. of area. Um, I like Colorado. Colorado's got a certain kind of dry cold that mm -hmm. it could be like 30 degrees and you mm -hmm. have a t-shirt on and it, yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not that humid cold. Mm -hmm. I mean, down here, it gets colder than people think it does, mm -hmm. it, especially with the humidity. Humidity. Right? That, that's yeah. what does it. That's it, what it does. I don't it, like about well, it. Well, that affects us when it's hot and when it's cold. Mm -hmm. It gets bone chillingly cold. But if you go to, if you go to places like Colorado or Montana, now I do know Montana gets really cold in the winter, mm -hmm. but 
in the temperate times, like in the fall and stuff, it feels really nice. Right. Yeah. It, it does. And, and the same temperature doesn't quite equate in the same way. Yeah. Isn't isn't Montana one of the coldest places? Uh, in the, I wouldn't I think say. I, I think I had it, a friend that lived out there. I think in, Dakota, the uh, Dakotas and Dakotas. like Minnesota mm-hmm. would are colder than Montana. Don't yeah. quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. I do know this. I've been to Minnesota in the winter, and mm-hmm. that is no joke. No joke. Okay. <laughs> Um, also in East parts of Eastern Europe, I've been, mm-hmm. uh, that have just been really cold, crazy right. cold. But again, I would rather the cold than the extreme heat. I, mm-hmm. I just do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah. Extreme heat. I, 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 if I, I just picked right in the middle, that's where I want to be. <laughs> I mean, I could be out there in the snow, but in a hot tub that way I have both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, they, I, I could, I could that, be with that. that Absolutely. Would, that would be ideal. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My kids lived in Tennessee for a while, uh-huh. for a long time. And, and that's, it that would be, that would be a nice place to live. Yeah. I mean, I We're going to open up a gym over there. Mm-hmm. I've already looked. There's no yeah. gym in Mountain City, Tennessee. So Mountain City. where's Mountain City? It's uh Northeastern Tennessee, like almost real close to Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Up in the that tip, sounds like wide open territory. That, you might, exactly. might be very well doing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my son grew up in Costa Rica. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, from the time he was like three until the time he was 15, he lived in Costa Rica. Right. So I've been to Costa Rica a lot too. Yeah. yeah. Now Costa Rica is hot, but it's also temperate. temperate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. it, it, it's, it's nice. Well, they're I mean, always going to have a sea breeze coming off. Yeah. The yeah there, there's so winds nice. and everything. And it, it, up in the mountains, it gets a little chillier. Yeah. I mean, it does get hot, but at the same time, I found it to be, it, it can be comfortable. Yeah. It gets, it does get hot, but it's yeah. just nice. Well, my friend was saying that about, he's Colombian. And when he goes home to Colombia, it's like, well, man, shit, that's right on the equator. That must be hot as hell. But he's like, no, man, up in the mountains, it's mm-hmm. nice and cool good. or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been in a lot of places, and I mean, I've been in different comfort levels mm-hmm. I mean, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're gonna go with climate, Southern California is really yeah. where it's at. I mean, that's right. so nice. Although I wouldn't want to live in California. Yeah. There was a time in my younger years I didn't want to live in California, and I am so glad that I didn't move to California. <laughs> well, I spent five years there when I was in the Marine Corps. Uh-huh. It was, again, really nice climate, mm-hmm. but one population. So yeah. any time you go somewhere, you're going to be waiting in line somewhere. And right. The other is, is I, I like living in a place where if I tell you hello, mm-hmm. you're going to respond back, hello. Sure. Right Versus, uh, uh, yeah. See, Montana is a lot better for that. Mm-hmm. I went to Bozeman, Montana a while back. Yeah. Oh, you talk about nice. Oh, it's beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and there's no traffic. Uh-huh. Okay. And it, it's, it's a small, it's, it's a big, small town. That's a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. It's a big, small town. And, and to me, that, that was excellent. So, <laughs> I mean, other cities I've been to that have also been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, a city that I would have never thought would have been a really nice place, which I recently visited, Oklahoma City. Okay. Yeah. Oklahoma City had no traffic. It was super organized. Mm-hmm. Everybody was super nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't have its bad. I think everywhere might will have its right. bad parts. <clears throat> yeah. But I mean, I'm driving around. I'm like, there's a lot to do. There's plenty of restaurants. I mean, there's every, all kinds of stuff to do for the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in Oklahoma City, they had a bunch of things like skate parks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, what what's wrong with this? What here? I mean, you know, when you see New Orleans as opposed to places like that, yeah. man, we really need more stuff like that mm-hmm. for the kids. The kids here, they don't have any choice but to get into into trouble. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't know what it is that's that's stopping that. I'm not going to try to sound like an economic expert because I'm not. But I mean, they need to bring stuff like that here yeah. to bring this state a little bit higher. 
Yeah. I, th- I think that they mainly focusing on the tourism. That's why, you know, and it's adult mm. tourism here. Right. So it's, right. It's, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, you say no that and I mean, but, but again, that's a weird road and I'm gonna yeah. tell you why it's a weird road. Have you ever been to Amsterdam? No. Okay. I've spent a lot of time Mm -hmm. in Amsterdam. New Orleans, in my opinion, should be America's Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Okay. I think people really think Vegas is America's Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. but it's not. Vegas Mm -hmm. and Amsterdam have virtually nothing in common. Okay. It doesn't seem like there's culture in Vegas. New Orleans has more in common with Amsterdam Mm -hmm. than anything else. Mm -hmm. New Orleans is built to be like Amsterdam. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think, what was New Orleans? It was a mm-hmm. pirate port. Yeah. Yeah. New Orleans, for, forever, people came here to misbehave, right? Mm-hmm. But where <laughs> you are right now is people come here to do that, but they're not given a way to do that safely. Right. Okay? Yeah. So now you're on this weird road. Do you want mm-hmm. it to be downtown Disney, or do you want it to be something for adults to come in? Yeah. Because what happens is when you prohibit things, they're they're not dangerous they 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 become dangerous because they're illegal yeah they're not illegal because they're dangerous they're dangerous because they're illegal and now i am not going to sit here and advocate that's a whole different thing <laughs> but i'm just saying like if you under if you really want to draw adult tourism for a misbehaving kind of place mm-hmm. they have to do something right similar and again i'm this I am no way an expert on this, <laughs> but again, I just see it as a as a policeman. Like, you got people coming in to misbehave, and they're they're you're letting them come into an unsafe restricting. Environment. Yeah, right, right. You, you're <laughs> allowing people to come into an unsafe environment mm-hmm. to do things that they're going to do anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So if they're coming here, I mean, why can't we find a way to make those things safer? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but at the same time, it just. I've seen it work in another place. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that if you go to Amsterdam, it doesn't, I'm not telling you it's perfect. It's mm-hmm. not. There's a lot of problems, yeah. 100%. But at the same time, it's a whole lot safer to go misbehave in a place like that than it yeah. would be if you're coming in, like, if, to go to a convention in New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you go in the quarter right now in New Orleans, there's a high chance you're going to be the victim of a crime. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you're there to misbehave or not, I mean, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> but I'm just saying that maybe they need to rethink that, mm-hmm. you know, and again, this is not about any kind of politics. Yeah. I'm just thinking out loud here. Right. No. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think, I th- so I, I can't say this on, on the, the culture of Amsterdam, but I think it's in certain places Well, everywhere it has mm-hmm. its own culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when we mm-hmm. try to compare it to the another, you can't, it's not apples to apples because mm-hmm. the culture of the people are different. Yeah. You know? I love Amsterdam. So it's, it's if hard. I if I had the money, I would move to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. If I if I were gonna have an, an adequate pension, mm-hmm. that's where I would choose to retire. Yeah. And first of all, the kickboxing in Amsterdam is second to none. Yeah. I mean, think about all the Dutch kickboxers. Mm-hmm. I've been when I when I used to train Pat Barry, I had Pat Barry up in Amsterdam training with Ernesto Hoost mm-hmm. um in, in Amsterdam. So yeah. I've spent a lot of time among that that kind of environment. And right. I can tell you that it, martial arts is taken extremely seriously in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. They love Muay Thai. They love kickboxing. Mm-hmm. They've developed their own style of kickboxing out of Amsterdam. Yeah. yeah. And now the other martial arts are growing and flourishing there. It's a great place to be. It mm-hmm. really is. I mean, um, intellectually, it's a great place to be. I mean, most people speak multiple languages and you can go sit down at any bar or restaurant and get into some of the most detailed discussions about the world that you mm-hmm. can ever imagine. Right. It's just a pleasant place to be. That's always how I found it. 
again, I know it's not perfect, but I wish we could have a little bit more like that here, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, here, I love New Orleans. I do you too. Know, I, love I, I absolutely I, do. I too. tried to move out. I tried to live uh-huh. in Tampa. I tried, you know, but yeah. something even even with all its flaws, it, it, I still drawn here. Even <clears> even when I say, oh, I don't, you know, I hate New Orleans. I don't. I don't like to go downtown. I still love it. I still I, go downtown. I, I'm downtown. with you a thousand percent, and that seems like it's a self defeating thing to say, but it's right. not. I, I prefer to understand New Orleans as the north of the Caribbean rather than the south of the United States. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you put it in that perspective, yeah. it makes more sense. Right. It really yeah. does. And that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm giving it a compliment by saying mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Right. But if we would embrace that and understand it more and I mean, but what you have going on right now in the city is just a mess. It, it yeah. really is a mess. Right. And, and I, I miss the days of hanging out on magazine street. I miss mm-hmm. the days of hanging out in the bywater. I mean, my wife too, she, you know, loves to go to the restaurants in the city, but mm-hmm. we go less now. Yeah. 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 Us too. Yeah. We yeah. go and I, and it's not because people say, Oh, well, you're afraid. No, it's not about that. It's just dysfunctional. Yeah. I just don't want to deal with that. Bullshit. Yeah. I don't want to deal yeah. with it. It mm-hmm. is, it is dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and again, like you, I deeply love New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I really do. But I just wish they would, it would, you, w- you wish yeah. it better for it. I wish better for <laughs> yeah. it. I do. It's that troubled child. And I, and I think that, I think that, and I hate to say it, sometimes tough love is the right love. Yeah. You get what you vote for. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want, That's, I don't want that to be the case, but it is the case. <laughs> it, right? Exactly. You yeah. tell people all the time, elections have consequences. That, it, Whether yeah. you vote on the right or you vote on the left. Uh, totally. There's going to be some kind of consequences. Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would consider myself very liberal for a policeman mm-hmm. uh, based on all the places that I've traveled. Yeah. And I can tell you that being liberal for a policeman, New Orleans is still messed up. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't put it like this. You can be as liberal as you want to be, but without security, you can't be anything. Can't be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So I mean, you can't right. liberalism can't thrive in a place that's not secure. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's true all these other places too, like Portland and like yeah. Oakland and San Francisco and Los Angeles. And mm. my God, I mean, as much as I want to be socially open and, and liberal, but you you can't I just can't buy into the no security part. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where I think those cities are seeing that right now, and New Orleans is front and center of it. I think I think even the people that say that don't believe it, or not really thinking about it. Well, they've never been the victim yeah. of a crime, right? That, that's yeah. another big. Mm-hmm. That's yet. another part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And when they are the victim of a crime, things change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, we've already seen that yeah. with with yeah. people who mm-hmm. who advocated for mm-hmm. for this or that, and then now they're like, oh shit, right. yeah, <laughs> right. And all the defund the police crowd, uh-huh. all of a sudden it's like, wait up, where's the police yeah, at? Why are right, the police coming right, to my house? Why right. I called them an hour, three, four, five hours ago. Where are they at? Right. Well, you defunded them. Yeah. Well, the, here's the thing. The thing about the, the defund the police thing, I think that like a lot of things, that started as one thing and became something completely different. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like there's quite a few things that I can tell you as a police supervisor that the police shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Answering mental calls. On okay. The There's a lot of things that are social issues mm-hmm. that should be being dealt with by other institutions yeah. that the police are the by default people that have to handle yeah. it. Right? You got to wear and many hats. Yeah. And it's, and it's no, and it's, it's not a surprise that people will sometimes react poorly to policemen handling things like that. Mm-hmm. But the problem is there's nobody else, to nobody handle. else to do it. Right. right. And so you put 
people. And, and again, going back to it's the best time to be the police. That's why you're having to get all this new training. And yeah. that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, there's a there's a huge growing pain along the way. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to de what defund the police has come to mean now, yeah. I fully emphatically reject what it is now. Well, okay. I think I think a lot like like a lot of ideas, smart people think of them, or right. reasonable people think mm -hmm. of them, right. and then the stupid people take it over. Right. You know. <laughs> I mean, like mental health. If mm. if if they would invest more into the mental health infrastructure. Mm -hmm you would have a lot less of these problems. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm saying that for the health of society in general. Absolutely. I'm yeah. going to say this. I, I'm obviously not going to use any names or anything, but a while back we went on a call where a young man wanted to end his life. Okay. Mm -hmm. This was a normal looking kid. All right. And the reason he wanted to end his life was because his AI chatbot girlfriend was mistreating him. I, I thought I saw it all. Yeah. Okay. But I, obviously I didn't. So he wanted to kill himself so, over an app. That and, is completely mental. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying yeah. like, that is not a police problem. No. Okay. No. And I mean, now, if something happened. I where, don't know. want anything to happen to mm -hmm. this boy. And we did, we took the steps that we needed to take right. to get him help. But at the same time, that's so far beyond mm -hmm. what your dream problem. Yeah. I mean, right. like, how do you even answer that? Yeah. And I mean, it, it, that was terrible, but that, but that goes to show you that if we're that far gone and we have mm -hmm. no mental health infrastructure that we're getting this more and more and more, this mm -hmm. kind of thing, where are we going to be in 10 years? Well, that's yeah. the problem. They have nobody else to call. So who are they going to call? Right. 911. Right. Well, who's 911 going to dispatch? Right. A police officer. Yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, we were there with EMS and EMS was next to us and we we're like, man, this is, this is yeah. crazy. I mean, you're there. I mean, it's good that you're mm -hmm. there in case something you needed that help, mm -hmm. sure, but that's not the in. That's not the actual help he needed. You know what exactly. I mean? Well, right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, he should, he needed help from way before, right, okay? right. Before you get to something like exactly. that, exactly, right, um, exactly. And that's just not there. That help is not there. Yeah. And if you want to put it in a more um, in a more relatable aspect, it's not help. It's not there for first responders either. No. Right. right? Yeah. How many military people do you know that are suffering from PTSD? How many mm -hmm. people like first responders that covertly have PTSD yeah. and mm -hmm. can't help get, get help for it because mm -hmm. they believe it's going to end their career? Right. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to say okay. anything. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I went to a, uh, a peer support certification a while back and I'm absolutely glad that I did because mm -hmm. it opened up my eyes to a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And I believe that I could use martial arts as a vehicle into that to to mm -hmm. affect that i remember i told you before hurting people is really easy helping yeah. people heals not that goes right. right back here when it when it comes to that like that we do not pay enough attention to the infrastructure to maintain solid mental health mm -hmm. and that's a big big problem mm -hmm. right now yeah across the board not just with the police not just with the military with society in general mm -hmm. yeah yeah that you know, it, I mean, that's a whole nother subject of where we can go. Of how, how how do we get to the mental health helping? Them I, I believe that putting kids in martial arts is a big yeah, step. I, exactly. I believe that. I mean, I, I know that mm -hmm. I sound maybe maybe my view is biased because mm -hmm. I'm a martial artist, but yeah. I think that putting kids in martial arts at an early mm -hmm. age and letting them do difficult things is a right. huge factor in creating resiliency. Yep. And and that's what I was getting at mm -hmm. is this the segue into the program you were talking about. Yeah, Mac. Right? Mac, mm -hmm. right? Mac. So Joe Ancona uh put together what's called Mac, M A K Martial Arts for Kids. Mm -hmm. He was working on it for a while. 
And it's a um, it's a nonprofit that I've been asked to be a part of myself and Angel. Um, Angel Spitali, she's one of my students. If you follow me on social media, you probably know who she is. Anyway, um, this program is designed for getting kids that can't afford martial arts and putting them into a gym. Mm -hmm. So the program is going to sponsor these kids to in order to train. Mm -hmm. So that's just getting on the ground and up and running. We're doing the Battle of the Badges coming up. So another shout out right there. That's going to be like first responders, police, and fire. I'll be refereeing that. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to. What's the date on that one? That is November tenth. That's going to be Friday, mm -hmm. and um, it's to raise money for first responder charities. Okay. Um, I know we're raising money for uh, Dante Vega, who got into a motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a, uh, a sheriff's deputy. Um, but at the same time, we um, we're also that's not the only cause. Yeah. But Mac is going to be a part of that as well. Um, in the future, we think Mac is going to grow quite a bit to where we can actually intake kids and then get them into different gyms. And wow. we're not doing it as anything like we're not trying to push business to one gym or another. We're trying to match the kid with the gym that they want to be at. Yeah. yeah. Or where right. they're relative. Yeah. Or where, where they're they close yeah. to. Right. Yeah. You know what, what they're, what's accessible to them. Mm -hmm. Because I, I can, I, as I've said before, I mean, I think that martial arts are one of the most important things that a person can do. And mm -hmm. even more so when it comes to a kid, Yeah, I started when I was 10 years old and it, it, it has impacted my life more than anything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would want to see other kids have that same opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to be a big part of it. Um, I'm sure I'll be teaching for it. I'm sure I'll be part of the admin to put people, you know, put kids in different gyms. Mm -hmm. Angel will be doing the same. And uh, I just want to see it grow and thrive for mm -hmm. sure. And how far is it along now? You, oh, you it's, it's, it's a thing now. It, yeah, no. So the, you, you, the you, you place operational. Some, you place some kids? No, we haven't done that yet. Okay. Um, I, after the Battle of the Badges, I think it's going to really ramp up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We've okay. been concentrating a lot on Battle of the Badges okay. right now. Yeah. But uh, as far as all the infrastructure for the organization, that's mm -hmm. all been done. Okay. okay. Yeah. How, so, how are you taking, uh, how are you raising the money? Um, that's going to be the, uh, private, donations private donations for okay. uh, like events yeah. and yeah. things like mm -hmm. uh, Battle of the Badges, things okay. along those lines. It's going to be a multi-tiered system to raise money for. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so, if, so you guys have a website or anything? Uh, he's setting up a website now. Okay. Yeah. For Matt. Yeah. Okay. That's that should be operational very soon. Okay. I think cool. once that goes operational, we should get Joey and uh, yeah, absolutely. Myron back. Yeah, we'll get. Oh we'll yeah, get I'll come for back. sure. We, me, me, Joey, and Angel yeah. actually yeah. to to speak about it because there's so much to it. I mean, that would be. That's a show in and of itself. Yeah, right. it, it, exactly. It yeah, no, that no doubt. That would be ideal, you know, mm -hmm. for 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 any you know any kids, like you said, you know. I think that uh, right. Uh, and I mean, I would like to curate it to where when I'd like to speak to the parents and really explain right. to them the benefits mm -hmm. of this to where mm -hmm. they're all aboard. Yeah. And once those kids get into it again, it's it. I I shudder to think about how many kids that are out there right now mm -hmm. in places that they're less fortunate they can't afford it mm -hmm. and what kind of athletes are we could we not be seeing yeah, yeah. that we're missing out on right Think about yeah that. i mean a lot of these kids could like you it, one of these kids could change the entire yeah. landscape yeah. Of, mm -hmm. of everything and and they're just not getting that opportunity and the compounding effect of it too like mm -hmm. maybe they are less fortunate as far as like mom and dad doesn't make enough money to sign them up yeah right. but now other kids are getting to do things they're seeing the other kids do it Maybe they start developing depression because of that. A hundred percent. It just keeps yeah. on growing well, and growing and growing. I mean, that circles back to the mental health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it does. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was a kid, 
Like we had a lot to do. We yeah. we made stuff to do. The, mm -hmm. the landscape has shifted so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, man, it's it's unbelievable when I see kids now about how they're just not in touch with their bodies and how they're not in touch with the mm -hmm. outdoors and how they're mm -hmm. not in touch with right. anything other than a small screen. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go, I'm not going to tell you that I'm against technology. <clears throat> I'm very much an advocate of technology. I think that technology is going to change everything. But there's a big but. It's such a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. We yes. have to leverage it right. Yeah, right. And when you leverage it correctly, it's it's the best tool for growth there is. Yep. And but at the same time, if you fall off the other end of it, too much of a good thing mm -hmm. is is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about it, like you know, medicine in the wrong dose is poison. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, that's that's true with technology as well. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand what its limitations are. You have to understand where you can leverage it. And that's true of teaching martial arts, like learning how to run an infrastructure of a gym. Mm -hmm. Technology is making that a lot easier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you use it as a tool, it's great. But when it gets off, you know, when it, when it gets off the reservation, it's right. it, it, it like the, the we'll go back to the kid that wants to hurt himself because of the app. Right? Yeah. yeah. I right, mean, right, th right. then that's now yeah. the medicine has become poison. Right, right. What, what, it, it's scary to think that what path it took that he was living that led him to that yeah. point seemed you know? like a normal kid to me. You know, I, I just he just didn't he didn't seem like he was uh, in touch with his body. He didn't seem like he was very active. Mm -hmm. He seemed socially awkward. Yeah, but at mm -hmm. the same time, he didn't look like a bad kid. The family mm -hmm. didn't appear to be bad people at all. Yeah. It just happened that you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was terrible. So, but I mean. I'm very hopeful that he, he yeah. got the help that he needed. And right. I mean, and I'm happy to ever help somebody like that. I mean, yeah. even though that's really outside of my wheelhouse, I mean, I wouldn't know how to where to begin with mm -hmm. something like that. Right. No, absolutely. Because that's pretty far gone. That, that even, even yeah. people who are trained for that <laughs> wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah. I don't know. They need I'm, some good I'm, history there I'm, to I'm see what's going on. I'm a mental health professional, so I, mean, I can't. I can't say, but I mean that. Yeah, I would think you would need that. That's that started a while. You need back. to dig deep, from, right? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> but I mean, this this stuff. I don't know if you're paying attention to a lot of the uh, the technology out now, like some of the AI stuff mm -hmm. and, and how how. I mean, you talk. This is going to radically shift oh, everything yeah. we know in the next ten years. Absolutely, maybe sooner. It's maybe it's already sooner. making drastic changes in 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 a lot of things. I know. I know. I'll say this: <clears throat> there's no excuse to be stupid anymore. No, no, <laughs> the information is right there. Right. You just right. have to, you have to go out and grab it. It's low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. Information like true information used to be hard to come by. Yeah. Think about when we'd have to go to libraries and think about right. when we'd have to go and do stuff like that to research. Yeah. Now mm -hmm. it's very low hanging fruit. Yeah. Same thing is true with martial arts. You, you can learn think, everything you need mm -hmm. to do sitting on a toilet you know, yeah. right? from the palm of your hand. I, I can remember <laughs> when I was 10 years old, 11 years old, learning, starting in martial arts, I would was seeking out books that were hard to find. And there were few and far between. Mm -hmm. And when you got one, you'd read it cover to cover multiple times. Now yeah. information is so cheap. I mean, just now that again, there, you can have a wrong side of that too. Cause yeah. YouTube is full uh, of people yes. who are full of crap. Right. Okay. But at the same time, it's also full of people who are very legit. Well, yeah. and that's the problem too, is with, because it's so abundant now, mm -hmm. everything's so abundant, right? You get lost in what you should be looking at. Right. 
you know, or what's legitimate. Mm-hmm. That's know, what's just, just like TV, like right. Netflix. You look at Netflix, people mm-hmm. nowadays, oh, I don't know what to watch. Right. There's a billion things to choose from. So you can't pick it out. Of choice. It's yeah. called the paradox yeah. of choice. <laughs> and the thing is, like, is more choice necessarily better? And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's kind of like creativity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. People, you would, common wisdom might tell you that it's easier to be creative with more resources. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. No. I think it's better. I think it's easier to be creative with, with less nothing. resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That forces you creativity. So mm-hmm. think about boxing. Like let's, let's put this in a boxing capacity. I believe that you can solve any striking problem with boxing. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think well-placed boxing is simple, direct. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it means that it's simple and direct and you have fewer tools that you get better at. Mm-hmm. And so you can be more creative by using less. Yeah. Right. And then when you learn a kick or two, once you do that, you become a better kickboxer because you already know how to box. Yeah. But it, I believe you can be more creative with less choices. Mm-hmm. That's just what I think. Not yeah. from my left hand or my right hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. But I mean, think about people who start companies from nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, almost universally, they tell you that the way they started their company and the reason they are what they are is because they started. From that. Mm-hmm. Right. If they would have had a plethora of resources, they might not have been able to do. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot to ponder, man. It really is. Yeah, it is. And going back to the AI, what's scary uh-huh. is is the visual things they could do now. Yes. So you. This could Photoshop's be Billy. A lot better. Yeah. I know exactly. Maybe you know we could be fake right now. Right. Somebody could fake us a whole podcast, and, and they can oh, say something yeah. totally with my image and my voice. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, that's yeah. going to me. Well, have you well, seen scams? They're, they're having yeah. scams now, where like right. a relative, it sounds like a relative yeah, calling yeah. you, asking yeah. for phone calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I've, I've heard. Yes, that's why and, I tell my relatives I'm broke. So, <laughs> so have y'all seen the the Instagram mm. AI Instagram model? So it's whoever made it. It's AI and Instagram. She didn't break up with you, did she? Right? No, no. no. <laughs> but uh, so she's generating because she's so popular. It's not even uh-huh. real. They're generating, you know, millions. Oh, of okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Now I know what you're talking you know? about. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even a real yes. person, right? Right. right. <laughs> so somebody, it's some just... dude in a basement that's <laughs> running it. Yeah. Like my God. <laughs> but, but wait, I'm sorry. give give that another five years. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That it's going to be scary. I, in a way, I understand why. The people in Hollywood were afraid of this. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, because I mean, you're going to get to a point where you don't need anybody to make a compelling movie, right? right? Yeah. And because you you can have like, in fact, if y'all ever get Angel on the show, Angel will have some opinions about that mm-hmm. because she's in Hollywood. So yeah. She'll explain. But again, like, think about it. Where you could literally do a production from zero with nothing, and now yeah. now you got no. So what is what happens to that industry? Mm-hmm. Um, now I've always tried to look at the brighter side of things. People say, be afraid of AI. I say, be afraid of people who know how to use AI. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What they're using it for. Right. right. Well, but AI is not going to take your job. The person who knows how to use AI yeah. is going to take your job. Mm-hmm. So you're, we're now at a point in society where this is something that you better learn how to use. Yeah. Right. And if you don't, you're going to be left behind really quick. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not only AI, it's just technology. Well, it's just, yeah. Technology. In general. It's the yeah. interface of technology. Well, it's just like computers When computers mm-hmm. were start home computers start and mm-hmm. people rejected right. it. Right. But if you didn't get with it, yeah, then you, you're left behind. Yeah. Most of the jobs went to it. Yeah. Right. I mean, think about it now. What job can you do without a computer? A computer. 
Yeah, not much. I mean, a few things, but yeah. I mean, you might be able to you'd be a landscaper, but even then, you got to keep track of all your accounts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still involved in some way. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, it's going to be involved at some level. I mean, mm -hmm. even the most physical job, it will be involved. Yeah. I mean, all the personal training clients that I I, I do, as far mm -hmm. as with private mm -hmm. lessons, if I didn't have a computer, that would be hard to do. Yeah. Well, farmers nowadays even uh -huh. map out their fields using right. drones yeah. and computer right. programs right. and oh, stuff. Yeah. So. Drone technology is <clears throat> unbelievable now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're going to only see that get more and more advanced. I mm -hmm. mean, so, yeah. and where it's really going to get interesting is the convergence of those technologies. Yeah. Like when you start thinking of, you have like genetics, you have robotics, mm -hmm. you have artificial intelligence, you have like nanotechnology, where those things are exciting enough on their own. Mm -hmm. Wait till they start combining. Wait yeah. till you start combining genetics with artificial intelligence. Just combining robotics with artificial intelligence. I think they made a movie about this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's quite a few movies about this. Right. Yeah, Skynet is aware. Yeah. Right. The, the grappling dummies are going to get a lot better. Yeah. Right. I think you said on easy mode, white belt level, blue belt level. Yeah. Then they're going to be. They're going to be like those sex dolls. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're going to own the dojo. Except for you're going to be the one. <laughs> right. Set it. Set it on black belt mode. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> And it becomes a wreck. Congratulations, team. Professor uh, <laughs> Roboto here is going to teach us some moves today. All right. It, well, it, 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 it could eventually get to that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I don't I don't put anything out of the realm of possibility anymore. I really I mean, the older I get, the more I look at the world and I'm thinking, man, you know, I would have never predicted yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, whatever they dreamed up in movies, it's it's slowly coming to. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's kind of like the Star Trek effect. Yeah, Everything yeah. that happened in Star Trek is slowly starting to come up. I mean, yeah. Sure. Uh, Captain Kurt. That's yeah. already here. Bones. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <clears throat> Beam me up. Right, that's that, what I'm waiting for. That's going to be that, that, one, that one. I don't have to wait in traffic no more. That's the one I'm waiting for. <laughs> Time to go to work. <laughs> did you ever Done. wonder why, what, if they had beaming technology, why did they need spaceships at all? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I love about some movies in, when you when you can pick those holes. Like, right. Uh -huh. You don't need that then, you know? <laughs> no. Well, there are some movies that are older movies that if you put them in today's context, they would actually make sense. Yeah. I'm going to give you a perfect example of that. You remember the movie Weird Science? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Weird Science required you to make a lot of leaps for that to happen, for right. them to be able to create this girl. Yeah. Well, now they could create an AI. Yeah. Like she could literally be an AI that's with them 24-7. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And like... It would be plausible. It would be understandable. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you could have kind of the same setup in the fact well, that she was controlling infrastructure and stuff like that. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right? That's yeah, really 3D that's printing that, now. That's why was... that kid had an AI girlfriend. <laughs> maybe, maybe that kid was on to something, man. I mean, he, but... you know what the problem was? It was still just in the computer. He needed it to be physically into it. Well, we <laughs> also need the programmer not to break up with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Mistreat him. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly where it went south because I didn't go through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But man, it, it, I mean, you know, we just were farting as quickly as we could to, right. to the right help. But I mean, again, that's once again, think about what I said medicine in the wrong dose is poison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Do, so, do you think, do you think some of this is already happening like fooling people now like ai oh yeah things. yeah 100%. like like on tv yes. and stuff like yes. that if like, you know. look at most of our news stories that you read online right. most of them are written by ais now oh yeah yeah, yeah. well oh, yeah. It, it's all generating and sharing the thing have you have you used chat gpt yet mm -hmm. i yes. mean like <laughs> think about that 
I, I, that is really miraculous. I yeah. know it's not 100% accurate and everything, mm -hmm. but at the same time, if you Good need enough. inspiration for like an idea or you need it to correct something that you've done, mm -hmm. there's been, never been anything like that before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you know the lights that are in the garage, the mm -hmm. LED lights? So that, that has, it's a program and if you know how to code, right. you can make it do whatever you want. Right. So right. I went into chat GPT and I said, mm -hmm. make me a code, you know, just verbally type. Right. I want to code. I want, I want my lights to do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like it wrote the code, wrote the code, and now I just have to put it in the computer right. to control the that, thing. It's, it's, like, incredible. That's, it's ridiculous. That's totally incredible. <laughs> I mean, but, it, but I mean, I, I, I just try as I get older. I want to seamlessly integrate this stuff into my life, but I do not want to lose touch with the outdoors. I yeah. don't want to lose touch with who I am as a person, mm -hmm. because I really believe that the more, the further this stuff goes, we lose our identity as, as, yeah. as people. You as, want it to use, still use it as a tool, but not, not be. Right. Mm -hmm. I want yeah. it to be just that. I mm -hmm. want it to be tool. a tool, right? right? Because you use a tool, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to be used by the tool. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and that's, I think is, is a pretty, it's, it's a good way to look at it. You don't want it to be the crutch. Now, I, I, I'm also going to say I kind of agree with I've paid attention to the arguments about it. And I think that the cat is now out of the bag as far as anything, any chances to regulate it or whatever. I think that's that's done. I think oh, they, yeah. I, I think if you regulate it, that's like suicide now, mm -hmm. because if you don't do it, someone else is. Yeah. Right. But, but I think the best thing that we can hope for in technology is that it becomes part of us, not separate from us, because mm -hmm. then we can guide it. So if it, if it merges with us rather than <clears throat> is something separate from us, I think then at, at the very least, it is now us, mm -hmm. you know, but we can still keep our humanity if we keep it that way, where we're going to lose the humanity is like it is right now, where it's totally separate from us. Right. Think about it like that. Mm -hmm. And that's a little deeper philosophically, but there mm -hmm. you go. Yeah. I mean, that comes from an old martial artist. You know? <laughs> so, Have you ever played anything on the, uh, what is it? What's it called? Uh, when you, when you get the goggles and you go on VR, yeah. the VR. Yeah. yeah the, I, I got a VR. But the, uh, not just the VR, but, uh, what is the community when you go, uh, the Facebook has the metaverse. Meta metaverse. Yeah, metaverse. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've played my experience in VR is Beat Saber. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. Beat Saber, yeah, yeah. I like Beat Saber and um the that's called the thrill of the fight, the boxing mm -hmm. game. Okay. Which is surprisingly good for what it is. So it, it, yeah. uh check out Supernatural. It's an exercise app. Okay. I, I haven't seen that yet. It is it is good. So okay. you got boxing. Yeah. You can choose from boxing. You can choose right. from something like Beat Saber, but you have bats mm -hmm. and you're hitting targets. So it's, yeah. it's a lot has to do with so I'll do it and it, it, it reminds me a lot of doing FMA because mm -hmm. if you can if you concentrate on the bats as a knife yeah. or as a thing, then okay. it, it translates really well. Right, I need, I need to look know? that up. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, have a, I have a question. So, so it has, the, it has the, um, but it has boxing. It has, uh, so you got, I think not kicks, but you can right. work in knees and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, it's, it's pretty cool. I work up a sweat, you know, just staying in my house. Yeah, like I said, the thrill of the fights. And sometimes I'll bring it to the gym and I'll use that to warm up. Yeah. Um, and I like Beat Saber again, but mm -hmm. I'm going to check out Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that one. Yeah. I think, so I think there's a monthly subscription, but I think uh -huh. you can try it out, you know, just to see. Yeah. No, I'd be curious it's, to do that. It's pretty, it's, it's it. pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, very pretty cool. But I was actually the metaverse because I've been on it mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't explore it too much, but it, it's crazy. It's just people there, you know, that, that are living their life in there. Yeah. 
You know, <laughs> you could buy yeah. property, uh-huh. you buy an it, apartment, right? You know, right. you could you could sell it later. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's I ridiculous. think where you're going to see, I think where it's going to get a lot more mainstream is with what you call AR rather than mm-hmm. VR. The augmented reality is yeah. going to be yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot more mainstream mm-hmm. because you're going to this thing that that Apple's working on right now. Yep. It's a first iteration, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you, it's going to change a lot. Yeah, I can tell you this. Like, I'm a, I'm going to give you a prediction for the next 20 years. <laughs> You're going to get basically a set of glasses that's going to be reduced in size and weight to the, to what regular glasses might right. be, and mm-hmm. you're going to have a degree of immersion that mm-hmm. you're going to be able to change. Yeah. You'll be, if you sit out, if you're going to be on a plane flight, you pop your headphones mm-hmm. in, you might have those glasses. You, you'll be able to totally immerse. Yeah. And then there'll be different levels. You'll be able to like, it'll be a gradient of immersion mm-hmm. or not. So like if you're driving, you might have a completely clear field of view, but the yeah. directions might pop up. Pop at up the same yeah. Time. Yeah. 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 And I think that's where you're going. And then let's go oh, to yeah. law enforcement. Well, that's police is- work. That facial out? recognition with in combination with that kind of technology yeah. that's going to mm-hmm. basically hack into NCIC. You'll be able and to tell you warrants popping up on exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. So when I get yeah. on a traffic stop yeah. and your boy gets out the car and I look at him and immediately automatically sees his knows face, it says use caution. Ding ding ding. Yeah. This. <laughs> Fought the police. Fought the police. Mm-hmm. Now, it, whether or not it's right or wrong, I don't know what the accuracy of that will be because again, right. I'm not that kind of engineer or whatever, but I can tell you that I see that coming. Oh, yeah, definitely absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it already works with the license plates. Yeah. I mean, the ALPR readers are are phenomenal at what they do. The mm-hmm. very first time I was, mm-hmm. I was in a car with that, mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden I'm just parked. We're sitting yeah. in a parking lot, making sure nobody breaks into cars during the Saints game. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the car passes by, it pops up, stolen vehicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't now. It doesn't yeah. now. It's, That's it's, crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So the augmented reality is, uh, I know Oculus is the, one of the newer versions is going to be that, right? Uh, uh, well, the new yeah. one that it just came out with was the Oculus Quest 3, mm-hmm. and it is a lot smaller is, than the old, the right. old headset. Is, that out this time. is the 3 out yet? I just saw I an advertisement about it. So coming I'm soon. Gonna... I know I know they, I've, yeah. I've seen the ads for it, and it was yeah, like you saying. It's not going to be anything like the Apple thing. I think that's yeah. going to be way, way ahead. I think the mm-hmm. Apple thing is going to be wet, but even yeah. though the Apple thing. Oh, no, no. Be... Yeah, right. The, I remember watching the Apple ad. That, yeah. That, that yeah. looks really cool. But that's what I'm talking about. I yeah. think that's going to get a lot smaller. And mm-hmm. I think that yeah. that's going to get, that's where it's going to become really hit that mainstream tipping yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's probably, they're probably mm-hmm. release it slowly. So you keep buying it. You right. Know? Right. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but it the, I, it's like $3,500. I'm not spending yeah. $3,500 yeah, no. on that. <laughs> no. I got way too all. many motorcycle parts to buy. Right. I got I to take care of three dogs. I'm, I'm definitely going to wait for the wraparound, like regular yeah. goggles that says, hey, your opponent's going for a Kimura. Go ahead yeah. and defend by dropping your elbow. As, as much as I like, as much as I like uh, technology, I'm like three or four phones behind right now. And yeah. I'm, I'm actually waiting for the new one to come in. Yeah. Um, uh, well, guys, I mean, it, it, we're already at two hours. I know you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta. I gotta go referee, yeah. right? He's right. <laughs> I gotta go referee Cage Warrior tonight. Yeah. So everybody listening, come on down. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's there's uh, there's a few of Larry's guys there, right? Uh, yeah, Larry said that. Yeah, I gotta go give the pre-fight meeting. Yeah. I need to put that on video. That's what I really need to do. I just yeah. need to like do a video of it and hit play. When... <laughs> oh, oh, yes. So they can listen. Yeah. 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 Pre fight. Right, I got to yeah. watch this. Sit do here it to the commission. This, yeah. Right. Because <laughs> I got to give it every show and I always uh, get the same question. So it's the same exact thing. And so long as they got same, the question. And I always get the same question. Right. Like, how long have you been doing this? 
Can I do Steel heel hooks? Frequently asked questions. Yes. Right. Yeah. Frequently asked questions. Can and I do it. heel hooks? Can I do supported <laughs> knees? Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 uh -huh. yes. Right. So, so the different the different um, organizations you ref for, do, do their rules drastically change or it's pretty much the same? It's pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm mainly in licensed in Louisiana, but I am ISKA certified okay. as well. Yeah. I mean, they're like different states have minor differences, like in equipment, like mm. some states don't allow, uh, you know, I mean, that you have to have shin guards and headgear and stuff yeah, okay. for amateurs, which it, in my opinion, I, I think there should be, it should be gradients. Like if a person is fighting for the first time, mm -hmm. I don't see why shin guards and headgear is a bad idea. Just like the other thing too, it's like why why don't you have shorter rounds for somebody like that? Let them get their feet wet. Yeah, yeah let yeah. them get ten safe fights in front of a bunch of people to where then when they hit that tenth fight, mm -hmm. it might be a different number for everybody. You could probably grade them A, B, and C, like C being complete novice. Mm -hmm. You know, let them have a few fights like that, and then graduate to right. B, and then graduate to A. I mean, what's the hurry? I mean, right. think about it like this in Thailand. How many fights do these kids have as amateurs in Thailand? Yeah, they're, they're, they're it's crazy. <laughs> you see their records and it's well, like, well, how many was yeah. he fighting? But Mexico. Think Twice about, a night. Think about Mexican boxers. Mm -hmm. Like, look at their records as amateurs. They got so many fights. Mm -hmm. You know, but I think that we are doing ourselves a disservice when somebody turns pro when he's got five fights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think you should be able to have a bunch of fights that are safe. Mm -hmm. along the way i mean right. now again that's i know that's not a science that that's an applied thing mm -hmm. but at at the end of the day i don't see where it's a bad idea necessarily when you first start to wear gear yeah you yeah. know and i think as the referee I, i'll stop a fight like that sooner yeah i know some people yell and being a referee i mean you're always gonna have somebody mad at you no matter yeah. what i mean you gotta balance the health right. and safety i've been, the I've been yeah. refereeing since the 90s mm -hmm. i have refereed in fact, me and Ricky, the commissioner, were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. I've, I think I've I've refereed in the neighborhood of three thousand fights. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, when I stop a fight, it's based on a whole lot of information. Right. And and I'm still going to tell you, I might not be right every single time, mm -hmm. but I would rather be on the side of caution. Yeah. I'd rather stop the fight a little too early than a little too late. That way, that person right. will fight again. hundred percent. Yeah. And I've actually had fighters thank me. After watching the video, after they were yeah. screaming and complaining, watch the video. Go, oh, okay, I saw what you saw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's why I stopped your fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So when I see you go to a place where you're no longer defensive, but you're now mm -hmm. submissive, I'm yeah, I'm probably stopping. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And doing nothing is not a defense. Right. I say that every right. fight meeting. Right. Doing nothing is not a defense. Well, and, and you see mm -hmm. that in, in general general public of watching people watching fights mm -hmm. and they're like oh you stopped a fight too early the guy was cowered down sure. gave him his oh. back he's in turtle know? and folded <laughs> up and got took 10 yeah. punches to the yeah. head yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Right. i mean there's no need to wait for the kid to get a concussion no nope. right. i right. want to see everybody walk out of there in the same shape that they walked in yeah yeah you know? or maybe so, a little bit less well right <laughs> yeah, 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 i'm yeah, saying yeah. like i don't want to it, it, right. look the last thing that you want if you're an amateur fighter is to have to go to the er yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's the you same thing whenever you get uh tournaments and all for jujitsu and all mm -hmm. that stuff the referees are always going to stop it when the kid's arms get extended yeah why do we have to let somebody pop a kid's I, arm that doesn't know exactly when it's happy totally right and that's so. there's nowhere that's more true than with heel hooks yeah and mm -hmm. I, I gotta explain I mean, it to the parents all the time it's yeah. like they had the kid's arm your kid's arm was extended he was right. directly no stopped it out. to protect your kid i would have stopped it too 
I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I would hope that would somebody would stop it for me because I don't want my arm bar. <laughs> I've been I've been on the coach's side before where our kids got uh, arm barred and the arm got extended and I'm telling Ruff, hey, thank you for stopping. Absolutely. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. So that that would be the worst thing a poor kid yeah. messes it. Because again, a kid, especially at a young age, you might be able, your arm might be able to extend a little bit further, but now all of a sudden you don't know how far it goes and right. then yeah. it's possible. But I I mean I might not be perfect. I've done this a whole mm -hmm. lot, but I do care deeply about this sport. Yeah. And I care deeply about the people who participate in it. And I would rather be yelled at and know that I, I, I was, my intentions were for that person to be safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll take the yelling and take <clears> that <throat> and whatever. And usually that resolves itself. Right. You're welcome for still being around to yell at me. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people don't, people underestimate how dangerous this can be. Yeah. They, they, they really do. Oh, they really man. do. <laughs> well, well, we thank you for coming. Uh, I appreciate you know, it. I, there's, there's a lot more I, I know we could talk about, so we we'll definitely want to have you again. Oh, and, I, yeah, we'll, I, got, uh, I can definitely, talk forever, uh, man. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get in touch with Angel and you know, okay. get her story. Yeah. And uh, I think you're gonna like having Angel here. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and see, and, and we're we're trying to uh, uh, broaden more because you know the general. Mm -hmm. When we first started, we asked people who would like to do it. Of yes. course, of course, we're going to get a lot of fighters. Yeah, you know, we yeah. still, I still get people. Say, hey, can sure. we get, can I come on the show? Which is, you know, we'll still do. Yeah, we want them to advertise their fights, but it's too. it's such a niche, narrow right. field. Yeah. The martial know. arts are way more than that. Yeah, I yeah. think I, there's Absolutely. so many directions you can branch this Absolutely. into. I think Absolutely. we got a kung fu guy scheduled. Oh, uh, uh, you talking about the guy from Canada? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's yeah. gonna be interesting because I mean, I want to know more about kung fu. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does. He's he's a um, self defense that guy too. Mm -hmm. So a lot of his stuff. That's how he's popular. On, yeah. On but I digress. I, I'll, uh, <laughs> the other thing I can say too, anybody who's listening, if you ever want to hear anything more from me or whatever, follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, I and, and on Instagram I'm myga one one two three as my Instagram handle. Okay. I'm also on TikTok and uh, I'm just trying to grow my platforms too. Yeah. 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 So uh, send me all those links mm -hmm. in an email or a text or whatever. And yeah. I'll get them all on the, I've been getting a lot of good feedback for what I've been doing on Facebook with the, um, I've been posting on a lot. I'm, yeah. I'm doing some like coaching videos now yeah. that are, that I'm getting good feedback for. Good, 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 so yeah, awesome. I, you know, I'm here to help anybody and anybody ever wants to reach out to me, feel free to, to direct message me. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And I thank y'all. I'm very grateful to have been here. Thank you yeah, so much. Uh, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Mm -hmm. And Randy, don't forget to break fall. <laughs>